Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Hello and welcome to Off the Bench with Trace Fowler as usual. At this point, it is as usual. Yesterday, we did not have a show for those that are in the comments and for those that are wondering in the comments later why you may have missed the show yesterday. We did not have a show. There will be more to come with that a little bit later in the show, perhaps. But as always, we come to you every single day from 10A to 12. I'll give you the P. Yep, sorry about that one. That's on me. Hand up. Hand up. But it's Friday. And Friday is usually a good day for two reasons. I think we'll get into, get into a debate as to why Friday is so great. I would like to think that the vast majority of the country thinks that Fridays are great because there is not work usually the next day. I think that's probably where it came. But also, I'd like to think that maybe Friday Night Football plays a part of that. Certainly. It's the weekend. It's yeah. the weekend. And you're, you're still juiced. Like you're ready to, ready to go on the weekend. It's not the best day of the weekend, but it's, it's a great day. Yeah. High school football is, is great. Uh, is, uh, the real question is, is Friday actually – a weekend day. I don't know. That seems like a weekday to me, but here nor that's near nor there. The Reds do play again. They play baseball again. Uh, they play the Toronto Blue Jays uh, tonight at 640. The old daunted, haunted 640 start for the Red Legs. We'll see if they have a better start than they did against the Guardians uh, with the 640 start time. Michael Orr, there's a situation going on here. There's a situation going on here. I want to get into it a little bit. Just a little bit. I want to run down the timeline for you. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. I think it's, I think it's a, a reasonable philosophical debate. Not saying there's a right side or a wrong side, but there's a blind side. That did, that did actually happen. Did oh, you like that, Elliot? I loved it. I loved it. He didn't even think about it when he said it. He just Anyways. went off the cuff and rolled. Baby. That's right. Today is off the cuff. No teleprompter. No nothing. So here I am just uh, letting it rip off the top of the head. The other things to get into... All right, is some crazy Elliot situation that he proposed in the office. We'll see what the chat thinks, but he has something that I'm not sure what I would do if I was put in this position and it was actually a real thing. I guess you could make it a real thing if you were really wealthy, but we'll see what the debate has in store for us in the office. But more importantly, as always, the chat. Chat power rankings, that comes at the end of the show. Um, I'm going to do my best to do as, as justice uh, of, of a power rankings that there has ever been at this office. I don't know if that's the case. I do know sometimes when I watch the show, I see the power rankings and I wonder if they even consider, um, they even consider it 10 minutes before they decide to put the list out. I don't know if that's the case for these guys, but for me, um, I put a lot of time, effort and energy into making that list. Yeah. All right. Um, Wander Franco, now he's been on the show all week. Uh, there's reports now saying that he may never play Major League Baseball again. So who knows what the story has entailed. I, I tell you what, the reason I'm going to wait is why? Because Joe Mixon had a trial yesterday. Joe Mixon acquitted. Maybe, just maybe, we should just stop jumping to accusations right when things happen. And we should just let the justice system do its job. It's almost like, hear me out, guys. It's almost like this country had rooted through a lot of the problems about how you should go about a justice, and they came up with a system, and that system has stood the test of time for a really long time. Might not be perfect, but it's probably better than what you know, the average person decides to do in five minutes after hearing about something. This is huge news because where would the Bengals season be without their starting running back? Uh, I, mean, I mean, where, I mean the, the Super Bowl is back on. I was scared that they would get the number one pick overall without Joe Mixon. <laughs> so now that Joe's back... 
Things are great, and actually this is great news for Joe Mixon because his name kind of got drugged through the mud a little bit. Kind of got drugged through the mud. Um, but he came out clean on the other side. So He did, and I think it's a situation where uh, we're also, to, to round this out before we get into all our topics of conversation today, we will take calls uh, here a bit around the 11 o'clock hour. Around the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to take calls, and we'll hear what you have to say. The, the lovely folks that watch this show. Live, that is. Obviously, a vast majority of people will watch this live because in the rundown, I forgot to tell you, I know how could you possibly go without a show with remembering that you can actually watch and listen. I don't think you can watch, but you can listen to this in podcast form, Casey. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Yeah. And uh, you can pretty much get it on any podcast platform. So uh, now that the uh, housekeeping items have been put out of the way, Joe Mixon, I don't know how big of a deal it is. Obviously, for him personally... Uh, this is a big deal. For the Bengals, it's one one more step closer to having this put behind him, and you don't have to worry about it. There isn't going to be any, any kind of questions in the locker room. Do you think, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm underplaying this for one of the few times I might underplay something, do you, do you think that the whole, oh, there's this locker room cancer or this, there's this thing where you have to answer questions from media members, from other players' perspective, do you think that actually matters? Do you think guys' performance on the field is affected by them having to answer like four or five questions in a locker room? I think vibe. I, yeah, I think uh, locker room morale is certainly a thing. It, it's it's just about being distracted. You know, you you want you want vibes behind the locker room. You want everyone to be focused on one goal. And when you know some of that attention is being distracted by other things, outstanding things outside of the gridiron, outside of the baseball field, outside of whatever sport you decide to play then sure, it can detract from what you're trying to accomplish, uh, undoubtedly. And it is nice because, you know, it's been going on for so long that maybe maybe it has been forgotten, but it just, more than anything, gives gives a nice, a nice you know, vibe check to the to the Bengals, room, Bengals locker room. And I used vibe three times in that, that yeah, little monologue. Yeah, it was monologue. good. I, no, the Bengals, the Bengals released a statement yesterday basically saying he's been a, he's been a great guy in the clubhouse, or in the locker room, excuse me, uh, he's been a great guy. He's been a great teammate. He's been a leader in the in, in the in the in the. God, I keep saying the clubhouse. locker room and clubhouse is really putting you through a brain twister. I know there. it's just I, destroying uh, me. Go ahead, let's let's get so the locker room loves Joe. All I wanted to say is the locker room loves Joe Mixon. The the distraction aspect of this is gone now, so it's it's good for everybody. Just get on with the season. He restructured his deal. He's going. All, this is a lot of good news for Joe Mixon the past month and a half here, or mu past month. So good for Joe. Good for Joe. Another thing about Joe Mixon. He's got a great smile. He's got an infectious smile. You know that picture of him in court after after he got acquitted? That's just a great smile. You know, he's he's a good, like, he kind of gets you happy when, when he smiles. Joe Mixon is, uh, that is a good point about Joe Mixon. I think that he actually has a, uh, a nice energy around him. He's a guy that is, is very much a fan favorite. And I mean that genuinely. I'm not just saying that. I... I, I do think that he's a guy that signs autographs. Anytime you see pictures mm -hmm. of, of, of certain players hanging around after practice, Joe Mixon is at the top of that list. He really is. And I'm not, that's not a shtick. That's me being dead serious. For a guy that, uh, for a guy that had as much baggage coming out of college as he had, and he fell in the draft because of it, you can't say that Joe Mixon hasn't been an upstanding citizen, hasn't been a great player for the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you would have been told, Right. If you would have been told the off the field issues that came with Joe Mixon before the draft, he would have been a first round draft pick. He probably wouldn't have been a Cincinnati Bengal. Yeah, 
No, no, there's no doubt. That's that's how the Bengals got him is because these extenuating circumstances and what happened there was terrible. Um, but we live in America where you get second chance. America is the, the land of second chances, you like to think. And Joe Mixon has made the most of what it... Now, he's, he's not a perfect man. Not saying that he'll be... Something won't happen in the future. But to this point, in his professional career, he has been a model citizen and a, and a model Cincinnati Bengal. And he's been good. At, I mean, he's, he's, he's a, been a good player. He's a very good player. He's a very good running back. He's probably a top 10 running back in the NFL. So Joe Mixon has done everything right uh, on the football field. And that's really what I care about at this moment. So good for Joe. I'm happy to have him as a Bengal at a, at a decreased rate. You look great in the, in the Bengals hat. I've, I Thank don't think you. I've ever seen you wear Bengals. This is, well, this is my first hat. This is my first hat on the show. I saw Reed wear an Angels hat for some reason. So I'm like, yeah, let's wear a, let's wear a, let's wear a Bengals hat today. All right. Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, we will have the, the golf edited. Uh, yesterday we did not do a show. We will have the golf edited by next Thursday. That's the promise. <clears throat> that way you know where we stand heading into Elliott's home course. Um, we, by the way, you need to remind, remind yourself that we need to make that tea time today, uh, because they had that extinguished, uh, privilege of not being able to do a tea time a week in advance. We definitely need to remember to do that today. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. And I, I'd like to walk back a statement I made. There was a statement I made uh, about a week ago. I said I could win the masters if I was given 10 years. I'd like to walk that one back a little bit, maybe in about 20 years, 30 years, uh, I don't think I could win the Masters. I, I watched my performance yesterday, and I won't – again, there's no oh, spoilers. No, we beat him down. I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to spoil. You're going to see the video. It's, it's, it's going to be very funny. But I'm not going to win the Masters. I've, I've now written that off. I will never – Elliot Rearing, the zebra, will never. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. If they implanted bionic arms and legs on my body, there is no scenario – on this on this green earth, that would allow me to win a Masters. Did you? I know I know I know you're backing backing off it, but did you actually believe you could be a professional golfer if you if you put ten years? I don't want to go back into it, but yeah, I absolutely could believe that. I mean, right. I, it's ten years. All right, you have ten years to train, but I'm my, gonna walk it back. I'm walking it back. You don't my, think that my, the, the professional golfers I'm, have spent wrong. years too? Here's my hand. The same thing. Here's my hand. It's up, and I'm wrong. I apologize. Right. I apologize to the great city of Cincinnati. I apologize to the tour, the PGA tour. Uh, I apologize to everybody. Really. Apologize to Jay Monahan right now. I won't apologize to Jay Monahan. Jay right. Monahan's a scumbag. You but right. the, the rest, the rest of the golf world, I you apologize. apologize to the wrong city. All right, here's the thing. Here's my favorite part about all this: is that Elliot right now has the whole chat's brain in a pretzel. I'm assuming you can't tell whether this guy's being serious or not serious. Some people are saying the way that I just threw that off to you, they were thinking that you won the match. Now you turn around and say that you're the that you're that you have no chance of ever winning the Masters. So I, you know, you have to wait to watch the video. We'll see how it all goes. Um, the other thing is, it's a damn shame. There was a guy in the in the uh, in the chat that was number one on the chat power rankings, and he and he his name was Darth Brando, and he just got dropped off the list just like that. Darth, right oh, off the no. list, right off the list, coming in hot on a Friday, telling us that we all stink. And you know what? He's probably right, but I don't want to hear about it. All right. Yeah, I mean, we can't. You can't do that on a Friday morning. Who yeah, does that? What's that? We what have high that? vibes. Look yeah. at Reed's look at Reed's jacket over his legs. What? My, what jacket? Right. <laughs> All right. Vibes are high. <laughs> Back to a serious conversation. At least that we try to make it as serious as we can on this show because I don't know how serious it ultimately is when you have the stooges of this show that are in here. But the, 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 the whole Michael Orr situation at this point has uh, become 
uh, it's become fascinating. It's one of the it's 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 not just uh, the story about some guy maybe getting hosed over because he didn't get the the re the revenue from the movie that was about him. It's become into this family dynamic thing. And as much as I as much as I would love to sit here and say that I have all the details, obviously I don't. I don't know if anyone truly does have all the details, but I'd like to at least take you down a timeline. I think when you when you try to get into a story that is really really complicated a timeline does a fantastic job of painting a picture of what the whole story does somewhat look like again anytime and i know that the journalists are supposed to be non-biased i understand journalists uh you and again i know the laugh the chat's somewhat laughing when i say that but a great journalist's goal at least is to be non-biased but every time I read a story, I ultimately, at the end of the story, think to myself, okay, what biases are here? Because every human in the, in the history of humans has bias when doing something. They can try to hide it, but ultimately, deep down, at the root of it, they have a little bit of bias. Some better than others, obviously, but there's always that there. Timelines, though, usually, usually at least tell a, a, a well-rounded story that, uh, that is based in facts. So bear with me here. Again, no teleprompter. I'll just read it directly off the computer. For those that don't know, here's a refresher of Orr's situation, his family connections, and how he got to where he's at. In 2002 and 2004, Orr, who had alternated between foster care and periods of homelessness throughout his childhood in his early teen years, was attending a Christian school where the football team was then coached by Hugh Freeze. You might say, well, Hugh Freeze, who's Hugh Freeze? Hugh Freeze obviously went on to be Ole Miss's head coach. Got a little bit of trouble, bounced around a little bit, and then now I think he's back at Auburn currently, right? That Hugh Freeze is who we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> there was a book that was based around Orr's thing, and he enrolled in 11 different institutions in the first nine years of school. His academic record was abysmal, all right? He ultimately uh, uh, was allowed to enroll at Briarcrest, again, a school but he was not allowed to play football or basketball based off of academics. So I think it's clear to say, it's easy to say, that he was a young man that probably didn't have a, a, a lot of off-the-field support. There wasn't a huge system there that allowed him to be successful within school. Bounced around, had uh, really, really, really bad grades. And this is where the whole twoies came into play. And this is where I would argue there's more, there's more than just one side of the story. No matter what happens, you can have right points and you can have wrong points down this timeline. There isn't one side that's completely right here. But I just want to, again, paint this picture. Sean Tui, right, who's a white, he's white, right? First noted, Michael Orr, who is black. I want to make sure that those are actual facts. We all understand the baseline of the story. I think many of you probably do, but I want to make sure that's very clear. They were at basketball practice, and initially he offered him just lunch money. Seen him sitting there, needed some lunch. Gave him some lunch money. During Thanksgiving break during basketball practice, Sean and his wife then seen Michael wearing the same clothes over and over and over again. Asked him if they could help buy him some clothes. They offered him some money. He went out and was able to buy some clothes. This was well before they decided to make the ultimate step, which is obviously kind of supporting him in a larger role. But that's how this relationship got started. Um... Or then failed his freshman year classes, wasn't allowed to play sports the entire year, but at the end of the sophomore year, he joined the basketball and track and field teams, and in his junior year, he was finally allowed to play football. He then started that year and spending his nights, at least five of them, uh, with Briarcrest families. So there was 
this is the this is me obviously stepping outside the box. I want to make sure clearly this is my opinion. I'm just trying to like try to paint a little bit better of a picture here. Mm -hmm. I assume this young man clearly had talent. Clearly was not this the average run of the mill athlete, right? Pretty pretty evident. Right. That's where we're at right, right now. Right. There, there, this 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 was a guy they all wanted. Everybody within the school system wanted him to be able to play sports. Yes, you could make the argument they wanted just to help the young man's life. But if this young man was let's just say five foot four. Right, didn't have much of an athletic build to him. I'm not sure he's getting the same treatment as he's getting right now at this high school. Clearly, everybody is in the camp of trying to make Michael eligible to play sports. Whether you whether you think that's true or not, that's up for you to decide. But that's at least my opinion. They did the same stuff with at Elder for Elliot. Uh, that's what they say. That's what they say. Um, so here's the thing: he bounced around from family to family. They were all all helping support him. Um, And then, obviously, one of those included the Tuies. In 2005, um, realizing that he needed to basically significantly improve his grades if he ever wanted to play anywhere near college football, uh, Leanne enlisted as a friend, a former long-term, long-time teacher and tutor of OR for 20 hours a week. So the Tuies decided they were going to utilize probably their financial resources, a friend of theirs, to tutor Michael Orr 20 hours a week, okay? Orr then decided that year, and I say Orr decided because ultimately he's the one that had to make the decision. I, I don't want this to sound like, oh, they decided to help him, he automatically gets grades. Let me be very clear when I'm, I'm breaking all this down. Michael Orr, with an unbelievable family, a great family, a great, a great system, might have gotten all, all A's and B's his entire career. This isn't a knock on the kid, right? Like right. This is just someone else that's, that's stepping in to help him, give him an opportunity that many of us have had the liberty of having our whole lives and the privilege of having, if we're being completely honest. His senior year, he got all A's and B's, but that still wasn't enough to boost his GPA, what it needed to be to be able to get into college, right? When Orr was 18, the Tuohys made the legal decision to center the center a current dispute. Orr says that he believes that they adopted him when in reality they placed him under a conservatorship. If the Tuohys had adopted Orr, the family wouldn't have had the legal rights to make decisions for him once he turned 18 since he would be a legal adult. But in conservatorship, the conservator controls the financial decisions for the ward. Here's the thing with that. I, I think that there is a reasonable to be from a Tuohys perspective. That's a reasonable uh, uh, decision to say that should be had at that point in that young man's life. Because at that point, when he turned 18, I think they wanted to still be able to have a little bit of control over Michael in the decisions that he was able to make and not make. And they were trying to make sure, if, if for, for all due respect, they were trying to put guardrails up for him as, as long as they could until they felt like he probably had the ability to, to, to handle it on his own. Now, whether that's true or untrue, I don't know. Obviously, I did not know Michael uh, or I don't know what kind of responsibilities he, he, he's shown or what kind of maturity he's shown at that age. But I think it's at least reasonable to say that that was probably not just a decision made off the fact that they think that in five years or whatever this timeline ends up being here, that, oh, down the line, we're really going to be able to cash in on this whole big prize. Okay? So here's the thing. He did receive scholarship opportunities from LSU, Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina. He was first-team All-American starting at guard as a left tackle at Mississippi. Mississippi also was a place that the Tuohys had a special relationship with. They loved Ole Miss and certainly wanted Michael probably go to go to Ole Miss. That's, there's no doubt about that. Um, Michael chose Ole Miss. 
And I think that ultimately the other reason at the end of the story, the reason they chose conservatorship over uh, um, Guardian becoming a legal guardian and adopting was because of some of the NCAA violations and regulations that came with them going to Ole Miss and being a booster. So who rears their ugly head as always to make things more complicated than they probably need to be? The NCAA, uh, not turning that into this situation, but again, I wanted to point that out. 2006, The Blindside Evolution of a Game was published. It was a, it was a book. It was a larger book of how football strategy had evolved since 1980s and increased the importance of the left tackle position. And then that book was adopted and released with the feature film, The Blind Side. And The Blind Side obviously featured Sandra Bullock and all the names that you come to know. 2009, the, um, or excuse me, that was in 2009. From 2009 to 2016, Michael had obviously spent eight NFL seasons winning the Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. Then also went to the Tennessee Titans and Carolina Panthers where he started 110 games and or, and or had earned $35 million throughout his NFL career. And then obviously now we have this situation. The situation is nothing more than sad if we're being completely honest. But here's where I'm at with it. I think that there's also reasonable... There, this is what you get from me at least. I don't know why we as this country always have to have black, white, like, why does it have to be 100% the two is you're in their camp or 100% Michael, you're in his camp. There's reasonable, there's reasonable people that should say, I would think that yes, the whole situation with the movie probably stinks a little bit. Um, but I think some of that, some of that, if we're being completely frank is due to Hollywood studios. And I say Hollywood studios, not the brand, but just Hollywood in general with the studios out there and how they negotiate these movie rights. You've brought up the point many times, Elliot, why wasn't Michael a part of this whole, I guess, revenue share, if you want to call it that. Legally, I don't know if the Tuies had the ability to try to include Michael on their own, I would assume they did with the, with the revenue split. They obviously had their kids involved with it, their biological kids, and for some reason, Michael was not included. This sounds kind of wild, but do you think that, that and again, this is all this is hypothetical, this is me, me spewing opinions, so I want to be clear, these are not facts. Do you think that there's any chance in the world that the Tuies basically said, hey, Michael, this movie's obviously up for, up for negotiation. Do you want to try to negotiate something with these guys or not? Yes or no? At that point, Michael's in the middle of his NFL career, at the beginning of his NFL career. Michael probably had millions and millions of dollars. He definitely had that. I don't want to say that, he, that, that again, I'm not trying to hype, try to put Michael in a bad spot here. I'm just wondering if it was a high priority at the time when they were negotiating these deals, if Michael even cared much about it. Because he obviously didn't care for the movie. Did he care much about it? He might have just assumed, and again, this is huge speculation, I know. He might have just assumed, whatever, it's just a movie. What, what, are they going to get a couple hundred thousand dollars from it? No big deal. And then it obviously turned out to be this massive movie. You look at it on the back end. He realized maybe he, had, he made a little bit of a bad decision of blowing it off. And again, this is huge speculation. Is that even a, am I, am I being even remotely ridiculous in thinking that? I'll hear from you too. Well, I, I think... I, for, for, first off, in order for that movie to be made, Michael Orr had to give his blessing, right? There's no way that movie is made if Michael Orr is 
adamantly against it, it being made. So there, he was aware of it at some point during his career. It could have been, like you said, he kind of just put it in the back burner. He's playing in the NFL. He's got better things to worry about than a movie. I don't think it gets made without his blessing. That's number one. Number two, the the Tuies, I don't think they're bad people. I, It's hard to imagine a family with exuberant wealth when they were going to adopt him, when they started to care for him, was looking at Michael and like, oh, yeah, let's make more money. Like that was, I mean, that was a hundred million dollar family before Michael Orr got there. So I don't, I don't think they were like, I can't wait to cash a check with Michael Orr. I think there was a part of it where the Tuies were legitimately looking out for this kid. And at some point, I do think it might have switched. But I know at the beginning, it was they were trying to be decent people. They're trying to be okay people. Now I don't know why. The thing, the thing that just bugs me is if the other kids were being paid off or paid from this movie and they were their children why was michael not even like asked about it maybe he was and he put it to the back burner and he realized he made a mistake like trey said but i don't think that's the case for for that situation i think michael was left out of that business decision and the twoies profited off the movie i don't think i don't think it's as bad as as what people are trying to make it right now but i i I think Michael probably made a mistake. I think the Tuies probably made a mistake, but I don't think any any party here is bad. I don't. So here, I, this is a good time to paint some more color to this picture. There's been a petition, obviously, that that, is, that has come about as of recent, and it has obviously to do with the Tuies' legal authority over over Orr's business deals. The petition claims the Tuies negotiated a deal with uh, 20th Century Fox that secured them and their two birth children $225,000 in cash plus 2.5% of the defined net proceeds from the blind side. The petition said in a separate contract purportedly signed by Michael Orr in 2007, quote, appears to give away Fox without any payment whatsoever, the life rights to his story, or claims that he has no memory of signing this. And that's where this gets a little crazy. So Michael Orr signed over his rights. And he's saying that he didn't sign them. Could it have been forged? Would have crazier things happened in Hollywood? Maybe. Does that have to do with the Tuies? I don't know. You know, I, I have no idea. Again, could Michael have just signed them? Because he was in the middle of his, 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 his basically his pro career. Wasn't worried about it because it wasn't a big deal to him at the time. Didn't think it was maybe going to make as much money. Or at least he wasn't, he wasn't aware how much money it could make. And just decided, yeah, you guys can use it. I, I love the Tuies. And I'm glad there's a movie maybe being made about me. That's kind of neat. Obviously, seen the movie. Didn't love the movie at all. And then it turns out he doesn't love the movie. And then on top of that, he's also on the back end of not getting uh, a fair share of what is a, a ton of money. I think the last time I seen it was $310 million. Yeah, $310 millions and you didn't, you didn't make a cent off of a story that is your life. So, yeah, listen, you're, you're right about that there's gray area to everything, right? It's not, not everything has to be binary. It's not ones and zeros. It's not black and white. Nothing like that. There's often gray areas. Yes, I don't think that Tim McGraw and Sandra Bullock were just pulling kids off the street and trying to trying to make them Ole Miss players. I don't think that was the case at all. I think the Tuies were decent people, decent folk that had a lot of money and recognized this kid and wanted to give him opportunities that they have given their own biological children. Yeah. And they said, hey, this kid doesn't have a whole lot. Let's give him the same opportunities. He's obviously a talented kid. This kid could go somewhere. And they gave him all that. They introduced him to a bed. They taught him how to read, so says the movie. <laughs> but... <laughs> It, it turned into a thing where 
I, I, I truly don't believe, and, and now we're, we're going into all this speculation. You've done a little speculating. I'm going to speculate myself here. I don't think that Michael Orr, I, I think he probably signed this contract. I don't believe he understood what he was signing. Now that we're on the back end of this, we see that this movie has made $310 million off this kid's story, off this person's story, and he has reaped none of the benefits. It seems a little exploitative, right? Correct. All these things can be true. The Tuies could have loved Michael, could have had the right intentions to, to bring him in, give him the opportunities. He could have gone to Ole Miss, could have gone to the Ravens, made millions of dollars in the National Football League. Then this movie comes out that he might have signed the contract not knowing fully what he was signing, and now we're on the back end where he's like, wait, why didn't I get paid off of this movie that made a third of a billion dollars off of my story? All these things can be true. Yeah. It doesn't make anyone bad. It just seems like an oversight. It just seems strange. Like, Michael Orr's life got exponentially better when he, when, he get, when he went to the Tui family. That's, I mean, it's undebatable. His life got extraordinarily better. It was better because he met the Tuis. So there has to be some more stuff behind the scenes that nobody knows, and I'm sure there is. It's just like, the, if, if, I mean, if he felt personally attacked when the rest of the family was getting money, I get that, and he's in the right. But at the same time, Michael was given a life that, I mean, I mean no kid could ever dream of. Living, with, living in that family. So I do think there's an aspect of, I'm not sure why he's, he's so adamant that the family is against him. Yeah, that's where I'm not fully on Michael's side, if we're being honest. And Hugh Freeze is a guy that's seen this story from the very beginning. Hugh Freeze is a guy that probably doesn't have a ton of moral integrity, perhaps you would argue, and I understand that. Um, Hugh Freeze came out with a quote the other day and said that he obviously loves Orr and, and the Tui family. He thinks that both sides are, are, are incredible. And he, he said, I think it's sad. I certainly don't claim to understand all the ins and outs of the adoption, the conservatorship, all of that. I know what I witnessed. I witnessed a family that totally took in a young man. And I think without that, there is no story. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not suggesting I'm on one side or the other. But to sit here and act like this family is basically, you know, the worst thing that ever happened. And they took a, they, they took a, a guy and they used him. And they, ba listen. Um, it sounds to me, and I think it's pretty evident, that without some, some guidance, without a bunch of people, despite color, color always comes into this, it's ridiculous, it is what it is, but, but, but this society, for some reason, we are always fascinated with the color of someone's skin, so we always got to make that maybe one of the priorities of a conversation or the topic. But I'm telling you right now, without the Tuies, Michael Orr has no chance of playing college football. Zero. Without the, without the love and support and the fan base, and I say fan base is maybe even more, maybe more of the family atmosphere of the high school of trying to support him and help him, there is no college football. Without Michael Orr on the other side having some, at least you could say, some perseverance of deciding that he wanted to make that happen, he never goes to college. He never makes it to the NFL. Both sides have a little bit on the table, but to see here and act like this is all just one big scam that this story or this family decided to make up, I think is absolutely, it, it's bonkers. Uh, he says, I know this, if Michael called Sean right now and he said, let's work this thing out, Sean and Leanne would be there in a hurry to hug his neck and tell him how much he's loved. I hope he feels that. Until you walk in some people's shoes, I don't claim to have all the answers or anything, but I think whatever happens will happen and the facts eventually I think will come out. Sean and Leanne Tui did something that probably most families, a lot of us talk about doing, 
But they actually put the shoes on and pulled their boots up and got, the, got in the arena and actually did something. And I think that's admirable. So I know right now those two are getting absolutely crushed. That family's getting crushed. And I think that it's easy to jump to conclusions. But again, I'm just going to wait it out, sit back, see where this ultimately goes, and see what happens. It's a sad situation because at the end of the day, there's two families. That's how I'll end it. There's two families that have a significant amount of money. There's two families that made a lot of money. Michael Orr made a lot of money. $35 million. $35 million. He made it to the NFL. You could argue without the twoies, he doesn't sniff $35 million. Never even thinks about making $35 million. And on the other side, to be fair to, the, to, be fair to Michael Orr, without, without Michael Orr, the twoies probably never have even close to the amount of life experiences of the, that they've had because of Michael. So, well, hopefully they'll figure it out and there's a, you know, there's a, there's a nice end to this, but most of the time there's not. And at the end of the day, you know what sucks? Money ruins everything. All, all that being said, can we agree that Michael Orr not getting a penny of $310 million when a movie is made about him is, is a bit It is, but is I, want to know who, I want to know who actually made the decision. Was it 20th Century Fox that pulled a swift deal and decided they wanted to, they, they wanted to come in the, the studio? I'm talking about the studio. They wanted to come in and try to negotiate with Michael, and the Tuies decided they wanted to let Michael negotiate it himself because he was a big grown adult and he was in the NFL. That's possible. That's possible. They, it's possible that the Tuies just said, "Hey, we're going to negotiate for our family. You need to go to talk to Michael and, 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 and negotiate with Michael." And Michael just blew it off. That's possible. Not saying it's not saying that's what happened, but I, it's possible. Yeah, I, I mean, all all the circumstances. All but the it circumstances is wrong. aside, it is objectively wrong that this guy didn't get a single dollar of a $310 million movie about his life. Correct. That's what makes this country great, though. You know, you can feel bad for the guy who has $35 million, and you can feel bad for the people who have $100 million. $35 million, $100 million, I don't have any million. So right. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to let the story zillion. unfold. And you, got people, and you got people in the chat to tell you that you stink. That's right. So there's that. Yeah. All right. Sports. Where you, where you going? Sports. Yeah, where are you going? Sports. The Reds play. Um, the Reds schedule is what we really want to get into. The Reds play Toronto uh, in a three-game series here at home. Uh, for those that don't know, the, the Reds have one of the tougher schedules remaining in Major League Baseball when it comes to the teams that they're fighting against. The Cubs have one of the easiest. Um, we'll see how it all ends up. Either Reed Mouse is going to be laughing at us or we're going to be laughing at Reed Mouse, or we're both going to be sitting on the outside looking in. At least at this point, I got to remind you all, the Reds have a lot of young talent. The future is bright. No matter how the season ends, we should be thankful that it even existed in the first place. Call me a loser. Say that's loser's mentality, but that's just being, that's just being honest. All right, Casey has the schedule pulled up. Um, let's run through it here really quickly. So obviously you have a, the, the Blue Jays here, as we mentioned, they're a great American ballpark for a three-game set. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you have a chance, get out to the ballpark because they won't be back for a while. Then they head out to Los Angeles, a team that Reed loves and admires, the Angels mm -hmm. of Anaheim, uh, even though they don't say that anymore. They're Los Angeles. And Shohei Otani. Is Shohei Otani, I'm, I'm just doing the math here, Reed. Shohei Otani is scheduled probably to pitch against the Reds, it would appear. Wednesday. Wednesday is how the ESPN schedule has it. Has it laid out um he he missed a start because he he said he was just a little fatigued nothing was wrong or anything like that so they gave him an extra 
skip in the start, and they'll, they'll get back to him against the Reds. So you'll see him if, if you're in L.A. If you any of you guys watching this show in L.A., you could see that game for a measly $2. There you go. $2, $2 is the going rate out there for that Wednesday in Anaheim. And as an Anaheim, I mean Los Angeles for the Angels to play the Reds and Shohei Atani to pitch against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, as long as he's not left-handed, then, um, then I still feel a little bit better about facing Shohei Otani than I would against some random left-hander, but that's here nor there. Then the, uh, the Diamondbacks, obviously, uh, are right after that, and they finished off their West Coast trip with the Giants. And here's the thing. That's a tough stretch. I would make the case to you right now. Casey, I'm, uh, you put me on back on screen. I want to make sure that people understand this. I'm going to tell them this is very serious. The next week and a half for the Cincinnati Reds is the season. This is it. This is it. Buckle up. If the Reds can go 500, dare I say better than 500, but if they can go 500 in the next 10, day, 10 games, I think they have a chance, a very good chance to make the postseason. The wheels could fall off, though. I'm going to warn you, the wheels could fall off. They're not playing the best baseball right now. I think they got back on track a little bit. It felt like they got back on track a little bit against the Guardians the other night. Partly is because we were watching them score one, two, three runs every single night. Zero runs. Don't want to miss that. Zero runs. And then they scored seven runs the other night, and it felt like we were, we were all the way back. Now, I caution us in saying that <clears throat> still no India, still no Fraley. And... Um, We'd like to think, obviously, Hunter Green is going to make his return here, I believe, on Sunday. And then Nick Lodolo had another good start as a rehab in Chattanooga, so maybe he'll be back towards the end of the month as well, and all will be right, and we'll be, we'll be on our way. But the thing is, is like that's not really what we're, we're getting back is what's been the, 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 the problem. The problem's been the offense. In the last, call it, two and a half, three weeks, the problem has been the offense. And my worry is is that we have a paper-thin lineup when it comes to injuries, and we're one injury away, not to be negative, I'm knock on wood here. But this Reds team is one injury away, and I know you can't worry about injuries because what's the point? Everybody could have an injury. But this lineup is paper-thin right now, and I'm just hoping they can get red hot and or just hot enough over the, la over the next two weeks to give us a chance, and I say us as in the Cincinnati Reds, to go 500 or better, and I think if they do, they will, they will make the postseason. Chi-Town Real Estate coming in with a $5 Super Chat. By no, my donation is to the best sports show with no politics ever. Politics. No politics. No politics. You know, it's funny, Trace. You, you mentioned the next 10 games. We don't do politics. By the way, I, really quickly, Ron, this is a poll question, Casey. I mean, I'm being, I'm being serious. I know people take this not serious, and that's part of the show. That's why the show's kind of good. Was the Michael Orr segment political yes or no simple as that put in the chat go ahead uh you mentioned the next 10 games being a, a, a decisive measure for the reds the next 20 games that the reds play 17 of which are against teams over 500 mm -hmm. and the three that they play that aren't against a team over 500 are against the greatest baseball player of all time in shohei otani so it's a very tough stretch um for the cincinnati reds luckily they get hunter green coming back he's going to start this sunday um and you're right. I mean, if, if they don't tread water and they actually perform well over this next 20-game stretch, then you, you've got to imagine over the, the, the next 20 games, which is the end of the season, after that, get the vibes right, get, get the momentum going, 
playing well and you can make a serious push towards the the wild card in the division after that it's just going to be it's going to be a very tumultuous 20 games for the Cincinnati Reds and on top of that uh, you know they play a nine game stretch west coast or 10 game stretch on the road against the Arizona Dimebacks San Francisco Giants and then three against the the Angels it's going to be it's going to be very tough it's going to be tough for the Reds and it all starts right here at GABP it does and I have on on uh, firework Friday night of all things right yeah Wow, Firework Friday night. That's something I care about. Um, no, but I think if you go to Ellie De La Cruz right now, he is the guy. He is the X factor. You need Ellie De La Cruz to be the guy you saw when he first debuted. That's who the Reds need right now. He is, he is currently a dead spot in the lineup. He can't swing. He can't take pitches. He's swinging at trash. The at-bats, the plate discipline, everything has gone down for Ellie De La Cruz. They need him to come back to where he was. That's the X factor in this lineup. That's what the Reds are missing because the lineup has been bad. The, the, the offense has been atrocious. It's been inconsistent. As Trace has said, they need, they need the offense back. That's, that's the reason they were in the position they were in. It's because they were just simply outscoring every team by five. They dropped 12 a game. So, Ellie De La Cruz has to come back at some point. If Ellie De La Cruz is going to be this 0.8 hitter, just can't get on base – swinging at trash, making base running errors left and right. If he's going to be this the rest of the year, the Reds are not making the playoffs. They are not. If he comes back to be the player that we all know he can be and has been, the Reds will make the playoffs. He is the guy I'm going to look for the most, obviously. I mean, it's when you say the best player on the team, you're going to need him to play well. I mean, yeah, it's, it's obvious. But he hasn't been good. I mean, he just hasn't been good. He's been, he's been struggling mightily at the plate. Luckily, his defense is phenomenal he's the best defender on the team by far so I'm looking at him I'm looking at Ellie I, I need Ellie to come back to me Ellie come home please Trace, please Ellie Trace do you think they'll make a movie about the Dodgers current 11 game win streak um if they win 12 they, they have a chance to yeah if they win 12 the I player. mean again you're 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 one to poke fun at something that I think is relatively uh, ridiculous in thinking that the Cincinnati Reds, who are on the doormat um, of a franchise, that somebody sat up here and laughed and said they weren't going to win 65 games, and then said they on might. top of that, nope, on top of that. On top of that, everybody was, I mean, there was people trying to buy billboards and, and, and they were they were and not trying. They bought billboards telling the owner to sell the team and that 12 game winning streak single-handedly brought the fan base back. They went from having 12, 13,000 people at the game. They actually had, not, dare I use facts on this show, they had the lowest attended game at Great American Ballpark in the history of its, of its existence a few weeks before this 12-game win streak. And it just so happened after the 12-game win streak, then it was sold out, and I believe on StubHub you had to pay right around $80, $90 just to even get a ticket for that Brave series. I don't know. Some would argue that is really, really important in the grand scheme of things, especially when comparing it to another franchise that won a divisional game, which is also the first round of the playoffs for some teams. And on top of that, they just went to the Super Bowl the year before, and arguably you could say they have the best NFL quarterback in the entire league. I don't know. Pretty decent discussion, pretty good argument, but we're not going to go back there and do that again. Um, I also do like in the chat, I see Nick Mormon. Nick Mormon out here, he said he's so committed to this team that he sat up and he watched the one to nothing game against the Dodgers and the Brewers. That's commitment. I got to tell you, that's commitment. Nothing worse. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. 
when you're thinking, I need some Pawnee water. I believe we, I have some Pawnee water around here. I'm going to get some. But here's the thing. If you think that the Reds offense is abysmal, if you watch, if you watch the Brewers play long enough, you'll quickly realize that you're thankful. You should be thankful that you're not a Brewers fan. Because, yes, the Brewers win baseball games, but you want to talk about boring? You want to talk about a team that's just abysmal to watch? <laughs> the Brewers are that. I can't say that about the Cubs. I would love to say that about the Cubs. I can't say that about the Cubs. Have fun. But the Brewers, the Brewers are boring. They're, they, by the way, the, the Brewers have a minus five run differential. They're negative for the first time this year, I believe. Uh, not counting the first month or whatever, but they've been positive for a long time. I still believe that team sucks. I firmly believe it. Reed and I have had this debate now for about two months. I still don't trust the Milwaukee Brewers. They can do whatever they want. They could win 15 in a row. I still wouldn't buy them. They can't hit at all, period. They can't hit a baseball. They can pitch very well, but that can only get you so far if your team doesn't score any runs. You saw it with in 2021 or excuse me, in 2020, the playoffs with the Reds. If you don't score, you have 0.0% chance to win. If you have Luke Weaver coming out, you have a low percentage chance to win, but you can still win because your offense is dynamite. That's the issue. I think the Brewers kind of suck. I, the Brewers are not winning this division. That is my Ooh. claim right now. The Milwaukee Brewers are not winning this division. It will be Chicago <laughs> or it will be Cincinnati. <laughs> I don't Brewers. know, man. The Brewers pitching staff is very, very good, and that's obviously where I think that they are a good team. It's more or less the brand of baseball that you have to watch on a night-in, night-out basis. And again, I guess winning is fun. Winning cures all. Winning fixes everything. You've heard the phrase. You've heard the term. But my goodness gracious, if you had to watch the Milwaukee Brewers play every single night, they, I mean, they are, they are, they are, for lack of a better term, I keep saying it, they are the worst team to watch in Major League Baseball. But here's the issue, Trace. They played the hottest team in baseball last night, pitched as well as they could possibly pitch. They lost one nothing to the Dodgers. one nothing. And again, the Reds, Reds are, are accustomed to being shut out on the year, too. But losing one nothing to the Dodgers, that's as good as you can play if you're the Brewers. That's their, that's their ceiling is what they pitched against, against Los Angeles. They lost the game. They've made, they made two big acquisitions to help bolster their lineup. That was Carlos Santana and Mark Canna. Both are hitting terribly. Carlos Santana in 70 at bats this season. He's batting 157. He's getting on base one. His on base percentage is 181. Mark Canna's batting 213, and his on base percentage is below 300. Both of those acquisitions have not panned out. You guys are right. The Milwaukee Brewers are not a fun team to watch. The problem with you said that the Cubs, you think the Cubs or the Reds will win the division. The problem with the Cubs, and this is good for the Reds, is the Cubs, one of their aces, Marcus Stroman, he's out indefinitely. He was supposed to come back last week. They did another MRI. He's going to be out for, for an even longer time, which is a huge gut punch in the division race for, for the Northsiders. So we've talked about it. We've joked about it. This division's still wide open. Yeah. The Reds have treaded water for a month now, and they're still only two games back. Yeah, you keep saying, and we've used that term in this office, treaded water. The Reds have treaded water, treaded water. Uh, I don't think they've treaded water really in the last month. They've just sank. And they haven't sank so fast that they're at the bottom, but they've they've certainly um, they've certainly put themselves in a position now where the 12 game win streak uh, they only got a little bit left. It reminds me of uh, it reminds me of pretty much any teenager and or young kid that gets a bunch of money for their birthday. They are rich on birthday day, 
And by rich, they got like $150 and they think that they are legitimately rich. I've been there. You remember when you were a kid and you got like a $100 bill? You oh, yeah. legitimately thought you could buy the world. And then, you know, a month later, you got, you're down to like your last maybe $20, $10. And you're like, oh, man, I, how, where'd all this money go? I done spent it all. I feel like the 12-game win streak right now, we're about at the $5 point of how much money we got left with that, uh, that 10, 12-game win streak. 12-game win streak. Don't want to mess that up because Reed will be all over my case. Um, for, for what it's worth, in the past month, the Reds are over 500. Since July 18th, on July 18th, they were 50 and 46. They're now 63 and, and 59, so they're right at 50 or 500, 13 and 13 over their last month. So it hasn't been as bad as it seemed. It just wasn't as good as the Reds were playing from you know the beginning of June to the middle of July. And those things we knew were going to happen. We talked about it. We knew that you know, water was going to find its level with, with these rookies. We knew that they were going to slump a little bit. And we're seeing that now. The offense is slumping. And this is just things that you, you, you tend to expect when your offense is so rookie dependent. They're going to go through long stretches of time where you know they're not hitting well. What, what's the old cliche whenever a rookie plays well in Major League Baseball? It's, oh, wait till the league you know, gets a book on him. Wait till the league figures him out a little bit. And... They're going to be great players. They are great players. It's just expected in the game of baseball that rookies going to slump. They're going to do that. Understandable. But since the All-Star break, listen, <clears throat> this is the, 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 unfortunately me and Elliot were witnesses to, the, to the, uh, the demise of the Reds for a small, small period of time. I still think they can make a comeback. But the fact of the matter is they went into Milwaukee with a two-game two cushion in the Central. Um, they lost two or three. To be the, before the All Star break, and then after the All Star break, they get um, I believe it was, did they get swept or no? I don't know. I can't remember back for that. But anyway, they lost. I believe someone help me out here in the chat. But what part of this? They're one and six. Right after the All Star break, they're one and six against the Brewers in that in that short time frame. They were went they went from two games up to two games back. I know that. Yeah, they didn't they didn't win against the Brewers, right? Or yep. Yeah, lost, but before lost, that, lost. they went in. But, 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 but to be clear here, they went into the All Star break. There was a three game set in Milwaukee right before that. Took, yes. a, took one. They lost. They lost. Yeah, they lost two of the three. So they took one. However you want to use it, they lost a game there. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Still win the Central coming out of the All Star break. Got got the Brewers back at home. That's when the wheels started to fall off a little bit. They're four and whatever in August. I don't know. Let me see if the chat is helping us out with these records. But nonetheless. Uh, Big Mac says they're four and ten in August. Four and ten in August, just not good. Here's the good news, and I mean this: they're due to get hot. Ellie De La Cruz, it seems impossible for him to be this good of a baseball player and play this bad for this long. And what I mean by that is, as soon as his mind gets right, as soon as Ellie stops pressing, and that's a lot to say about a rookie, but as soon as Ellie just relaxes and plays. And doesn't let just what he's supposed to be get to him. That's the real problem with expectations sometimes. Is like, uh, what's the old phrase that I heard of, um, of kind of like poison? You know, poison's only bad for you unless you swallow it. Like, or it's not bad for you, excuse me. Like, poison's not bad for you unless you swallow it. Mm -hmm. That's what I kind of feel like happened. And maybe I'm over, overthinking this. But a little bit of Ellie De La Cruz's situation right now, in my opinion, was... He came up here, he got hot in our firecracker, everyone's telling him how good he is, and he thinks in his mind he's got to keep living up to that. And the truth is, is that no human on earth could ever play baseball as high of a level as he was playing it for two and a half weeks when he first came up 
and continue to be able to be that. And then when he wasn't that for a few games, he started pressing and started to feel like he had to try harder. And when you try harder in baseball and golf, it makes it it just makes it worse. All right. Ellie De La Cruz in his last 30 games, he's hitting 190, 252 OBP, 380 slugging. He only has three stolen bases in the last month. Yeah. They're about to get hot. CES is another guy Nick Kirby points out in the chat. He could get hot at any point. Um, but the bad news is, is that we've said this many times. The bad news is, is we don't know what the back of these baseball cards look like, do we? We just don't know. Not to keep uh, banging Aristides Aquino, but you could say the same thing about him a little bit. And I'm not comparing. Let me be very, very clear when I say this. I'm not comparing Ellie to, 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 to Aristides Aquino like some have. That's an absurd thing to do. But my point is, is that when you have guys that come up that get hot, you just don't know if, they're, if they are who they are or if they're just playing out of their mind for three weeks and you don't have that for the rest of the year and you're just banking on something that's just not there. And at some point you realize it's not there. Unfortunately, it's usually like two and a half months late that you realize it's not there. Listen, so. Ellie De La Cruz was the number one overall prospect. Go look up the, the, the list of recent number one prospects over the last 15 years. A lot of good names on that list. There's not many duds. Ellie De La Cruz is going to be a fantastic ball player. Right. Yep. All right. Um, we're going to take calls. I know that's, that, that is uh, one thing we're going to do. And while Casey's working on that, Casey, I, here's one thing I do want to do. I mean, people are probably wondering, is Casey even in, in the studio? Well, what's going on with Casey? Listen, Casey, uh, Casey got to go to Kings Island yesterday. Let's start with that, Casey. We'll lead you in the show with that. Welcome into the show, Casey. I'm glad that you're here. How was your Kings Island trip? It was good. You feel good about it? Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. What was your favorite ride? Orion was, was cool. I think that was the first time I rode Orion. Um, I hadn't been there in a couple years, so got to ride all the new rides before I had to um, leave a little early to go um, pick up my wife. But it was fun. It was a good time. Um, there's one thing I want to say, Trace, about the Reds, since we're going to just stick with the, the sports conversation here for a little bit. Sports. Of course. Sports. Um, September is just so easy. I, I just can't. Oh, I, no, I, Casey. It's just so easy. Oh, I can't no. see how they don't win 20 games in September. I really don't. I, 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 I Put just, it up there, Casey. Let yeah, the people I, see it. I mean, look at look at their schedule in September. They do end it, they do end it after, after that 20 games, 17 of which are against teams over 500, which ends on September 6th against Seattle. From that point forward, I don't think they play a single team over 500 besides the Minnesota Twins. And it's the Twins. At home. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not worried. I'm not worried, guys. I had, this, I had this whole conversation on my show on Friday. And so far, it's looking like it's on pace. So yeah, far. but you're on pace was the Reds losing seven of nine series. And the two being splits. No, no. It's yeah, not, that, that's yes, not, yes, that's yes. No. No, no, yes. no, 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 no. Listen, listen. The Reds will be fine. The Reds are just right now in a little bit of a rut. Ellie's going to find his, his bats again. September's mightily easy. He's going to figure it out. Anyways. Trace. Yes, I'm here. I've you got worn, a question? Yeah, Is there I, something in there? I, I was about to just turn and look at you. I haven't worn this helmet in a long time. Oh, is that what it was? That's what I think. I think that could be it, guys. I've not worn the helmet in so long. It could have been that this thing right here is the key. Every time I wore this, it just seemed like they just kept winning. All right. Well, we so. need it. 
the Toronto Blue Jays are getting healthy at the right time, the wrong time for the Reds. Uh, shout out to the Blue Jays. I think they're a pretty damn good team. We'll see if we're able to keep up with them this weekend. As I said before, just tread water. For the next 10 games, just tread water. Get me, get me, get, I'll, I'll take it right now. If you said, hey, can you go 500 over the next 10 games? I'm taking it. If, I, I really don't know if the NL wild card, if we're being honest, the last team that gets in the NL wild card, I don't know if they win more than 80, 83 games. I don't think that they do. I think Agreed. that the I think the wild card I think the wild card winner the last spot into the postseason is an 83 game winner I do, and I think that it's a matter of for the Reds like you just said Casey you're on it if they could just tread water to get to the back half of this uh, the, the September give us give us three weeks left of September with one game back of whatever you want to call it I'm still not giving up on this division either I mean this division again we just said it. I don't know if we should be all that worried about uh, about Milwaukee. Um, they've had some they've had some struggles in years past of, of of playing good baseball down the stretch, and then obviously the Cubs, um, the Cubs are hot right now. It's a matter of whether or not the Cubs are going to come down from their high, or if they're just going to ride that all the way into throughout the rest of the year. We'll see how it goes. Cubs over the last two weeks are playing 500 ball. They lost a series against the Mets. They won a series against the Blue Jays. Then they split with the White Sox. So they're four and four over their last eight games. Yeah, you made a face when I said that the Brewers have had some struggles in the, of, of of recent past of playing good baseball down the stretch. Um, was that just me over overthinking that, or did you actually want to rebuke that statement? Yeah, no. Um, the 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 Cubs back like in 2018 and 2019 were leading the NL Central going into September, then fell apart one time against the Brewers. They lost like a seven game lead on the division in the final month. And the Brewers came back. They, they won game 163 in Wrigley. That was when Christian Yelich won the MVP. That was five years ago. Um, but this is still similar similar roster makeup. They, they've typically played all right in September. Series prediction, Trace? Blue Jays? Series prediction? Yeah. Uh, my series prediction is they win, they win one game. That's also mine. One game. Reed? Uh, series predict tonight's a tonight's a tough matchup. Jose Barreros versus Brett Kennedy. That's a tough matchup. You get Hunter Green back on Sunday, making his first start against Ryu, who has been fantastic over the past few years. Then you got Brandon Williamson, who's pitched great against Chris Bassett. Ah, yeah, they win one game. Right. Casey, yeah, I mean, um, on my prediction, I, I have this this series one and two. So. All right. There we go. One game. That's all. That that is that high. Is that is that high expectations in this office? I don't think they are. I think we should get one game. All right. Um, as always, you can call into the show during that time, and, and, and as we're 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 building up uh, callers, if we have any. Here's the thing. You had a proposition that you wanted to make to the chat and to us in the office. Yeah. And I want you to do your best, at least as as as, as good as Elliot can. Explain what the rules are. I'm gonna probably and we're gonna probably pepper you with questions. And then we'll make it the chat poll question of the day outside of uh, the political question just earlier, which I don't know. Do we get a poll result of that? Or we're, 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 I, have, I have not. All right, 56, just ended there. Yeah. All right, so we did a good job. 70% of the people thought we were kind of being being realistic and not making it about politics, which is good. I don't really want to get into that on this show. It's not fun. It doesn't get us anywhere in life, I don't think, to be quite frank. But that's here nor there. All right, uh, you have a fun proposition. We're going to make it the chat poll question of the day, whether you would do it or not. Go ahead and hit us with it, Elliot. Yeah, okay. So there's been a lot of talk, uh, talk of golf on this show. Here's one for you. Let's say a wealthy billionaire comes up to you, right? Let's say Mark Cuban. He's bored on a Saturday evening. He comes up to you and says, all right, you have 24 hours. 
you can pick a, 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 a par three on any course you want. If you get a hole-in-one on that par three, I will write you a check for a million. If you can't do it in a 24-hour time frame, you have to pay me 10 grand. Would you do it? You have 24 hours. You have unlimited golf balls during that span. You have lights during the nighttime. Would you do it? Would you, would you try to do it? I would say yes. I would try to do it. So we're paying $5,000. $10,000 for a chance to win a million? A million. So 100 to 1 odds? $10,000 investment? You get 24 hours, as much as you can hit in that 24-hour span? I don't think I want to do it. It's too much risk. Too much risk for me. Make it $1,000 in the end. I'll try it. I'd do it. I, listen, I, I think that it's like we were debating whether the probability of it, the likelihood of it. Anybody that golfs can do it. But there's a reason you're getting 100 to 1 odds. It's because it's not likely. And, you know, you're going to get tired. I don't know how many balls you can hit in a 24-hour span. Sure. You're going to get very, very tired. After, to be honest, after about hour three or four of this, maybe, not, maybe well before that, you're going to be so exhausted that the golf swing's not going to be the same. That's true, but you can pick any par three in the world. So you can pick a 98-yard par three, a 70-yard par three. 70 yards. I mean, that's where this thing has to have some some no, some no, parameters. Is there, a, to, is there a is there a legitimate golf course? It's, it, but this is what I'm this is what I'm asking. You have 24 hours to make a shot from 70 yards. Would you pay 10,000 to win a million? That's the same debate. It's the same debate. I would say yes. You can pick Zach or uh, Zach Richardson asked how far is the hole. You can make it can be literally be as long as as a regulation par 3. If it's on a golf course, and it has a yardage, officially, you can play that hole. If it's 70 yards, it's 70 yards. So you can go to the south, you can go to the north uh, North trace over at Fairfield. The can't par be par three course. course? Like, it can't, it can't be a par three course? It has to be no, on a par can, 72? It can be a par three course. So there's some par three courses where, just, like, the holes are legitimately 70 yards. Oh, yeah. Could you do it? Yes. I'm, I'm taking that 100 okay, times. Okay, well, then he I, takes I, it. 100 times out of 100, saying. I'm doing that. 70 yards is just, I mean, yeah, to Reed's point, you're going to get tired. There's no doubt about it. But I'd take an hour break, get some get some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in you, and um, go right back at it. If somebody, this is the other question that I had earlier that was off air. If somebody had like a, um, you know, I guess a, a green squeegee or something to be able to just clear all the balls off like every five shots or something like that, by all means, I think that uh, I think that you could say that those odds are way too low. I think that the, the, it's it's much better than a hundred to one if you get twenty four hours. How many shots do you think you're getting off in twenty four hours? Um, let's break that down a little bit less. I think you could hit a hundred balls in in an hour. You can hit well over a hundred balls in an hour. I think you're going five shots a minute. That's three hundred shots. Five shots a minute to me feels like you're rushing the shots. You, 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 I guess you're are, you, get very tired. are you quantity you over quality? To- I would go through my pre I would my pre shot routine a little bit, but like I would I would not be just like rapid firing, smacking golf balls as fast as I can. I would I would take my time and try to hit a you know put a good swing on it. So I I but to answer your question, any golfer, any golfer. I think it would be in their right mind to take the risk because I think you are the odds are in your favor in that point but i get people that just say ten thousand dollars is a lot of money i don't i don't really want to i don't want to gamble ten thousand dollars have you ever been to the golf range and you made the mistake in getting a large bucket by yourself like a hundred shot that's bucket? a good point 
That's a you, good point. You get you get exhausted. That's a good point. You get very very tired. Very Is this going to be the next bit? Because I I, I, I I think I think I can do it. I, I I think I can do it. Give me a camera. I'll go out there for twenty four hours. Like, see how long I can like stay think out about there. this. Like that's go a fact. go to the range. When was the last time you've been to the range, Trace? Has it been a while? The okay. range yeah, is a little well. bit different, though, okay, because you're but trying like, to hit it as hard as you can. No, but you're, you're max effort each shot. They have holes at the range, right? Do this yourself. Go out, get a hundred balls. The, I, I don't know what a bucket costs, but you get very, very tired very quickly hitting those hundred balls. I don't think that after shot three hundred, your swing is going to be worth a damn. I don't think it's going to be worth a damn. But if it's a hundred yards out, I don't a hundred yards. Go. If it's 100 yards downhill, I don't think it's going to matter. I think you could take a putter out there, give it a whack, and you'll have a chance. Go to the range tonight. One with the hole, one with the holes, and one in Fairfield has holes out there. And there's one about 80 yards away, 90 yards away. And just literally aim for that hole with your 100 bucket of balls. And tell me, A, how you feel after the 100 shots that you took. Maybe not tonight because we got a lot going on. But oh, yeah. I know. No, yeah, no, no, let's go tonight. Let's, let's go tonight. Sometime soon. I'm just <laughs> telling you. Aim for that, aim for that hole. Tell me how you feel after 100 shots. I, I promise you, you'll be very tired. And yeah, you can take breaks. Obviously, you are. But you're still going to be lagging. And then tell me how close you got. You got, in my mind, you got nine good solid hours of, of hitting golf balls at a target. In the 24-hour span, don't let that fool you. You don't have 24 hours. Right. You, 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 you are at some point going to want to sleep. And at some point... I would like to think that you're so tired, you, you legitimately are just wasting your time. So you'd rather just take the rest and then come back and try to and try to spend maybe another hour and a half of, of quality shots after a six-hour rest break. So I think that uh, in, in the full 24 hours, you have nine hours to do it, and I think that I think that it's, I think that I would take the bet, and I think that would be fun. I don't know who in their right mind would let us do that bit, but I think we could we could probably find somebody that would let us do that bit. Sure. For what it's worth, I would. I mean, if we're giving an over under on how many shots you're getting in this 24 hour span, is it crazy to think that you're not getting more than like 1,100 shots? Yeah, that's I think that's, of, I, listen. I think I, you guys a thousand, are right. A thousand I'm shots just, is just, right around. It's a hypothetical. Getting. It's a fun little hypothetical. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. You can sit on the couch and watch. So do you think that you're going to make a hole-in-one in a thousand shots, I guess is what, I guess is what yeah, you're Yeah, I would find the shortest par three downhill, and I would go to work. Okay. Yeah. Listen, not, I also am harking back to the idea, uh, uh, depending on where they cut the hole on the green, matters significantly. Hole 16 at Augusta, the Masters, when they cut that hole down at the bottom of the hill – you know, it makes it significantly more likely that somebody's going to hit a hole-in-one, which is why there's always a hole-in-one traditionally on this Sunday. There's somebody in that field that hits a hole-in-one on Sunday because they put the hole location down at the bottom of the ridge, and it comes up the slope and slowly pulls down the slope. In fact, I actually would argue, this is a wild one, but I think hole 16, if they cut that Sunday, Sunday pin location, if you gave me 24 hours, I'd hit a hole-in-one on that hole. That hole. Which is not a long hole, but it's just the way that the green sloped. You're if you you have a huge area to hit it within to give yourself a really good chance for it to slope down in the hole. Which is partly why I'm not trying to, to say that the kid from LaSalle didn't do something unbelievably spectacular that he one did. day who hit four hole in ones. He did. He really, really did. However, I venture to bet the way the way in which that, that hole was cut in that specific location probably was venturous to say probably easier to hit a hole in one on because it could hit a little ridge and kind of come back down or slope back down a hill i hear that's here north there all right um i think we could give it a shot 
All right. I'm assuming we are uh, we're good on calls, Casey. Right? We've been good. All right. No one no one's calling in. No, it's fine. We don't need to call in if they don't want to call in. We don't want to call in. We don't we, we don't we don't want you to call in. Don't call in. We haven't. All right. <laughs> high school high school football. Uh, that is back Friday night. Uh, tonight. Hamilton. You gonna be okay after this one? Our alumni play each other, Reed. Are we gonna be able to? Are we gonna be able to make amends at the end of the night? You no, know, people. People think me. Think of me as a baiting guy, which I am. People think of me as a baiting guy. I've had more family members play for Hamilton football than I have for Baden football, so people forget that. I'm I'm, I'm well adversed. Got a couple couple cousins that are at Hamilton's Hall of Fame. I just saw highlights of the Baden Hamilton game, and the starting quarterback for Hamilton the last time they played was my cousin. So I think people forget that I I'm, I, I go both ways. I go both ways. You are a swinger, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> who do you think has the who, who do you think has the better alumni, Elder or Baden? Uh, we we I mean Elder Altiora. Okay, Altiora. That's all I wanted. Good. Yeah, I mean, what, what, are, we, what are we talking here? Do you, you guys get, do a pick'em still? Is that still a thing? I was at my old job. At my old job, we did a pick'em. Uh, for high school games every Friday. Yeah. And we'd have a record for it. Yep. And winner would get some kind of award for yeah. the high school games. We could start that. For the first okay. four years, we've done that. And I think I've gotten the crown every year. Really? So here's the thing. I think I've thing. gotten the crown every year. Um, if, if, uh, this is a wild thing to say out loud, but is there a place where we could find the games in one spot? Is there a schedule? I'm guessing no. Oh, there has to be. Do you want me to? You want me to drum so, up? You want me to drum? Here's up what we'll games? do on the show. Here's what we'll do on the show. I know many of you maybe care could care less about high school football. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it. I get it. Uh, but I do want to say this for those that have probably understood where Chatterbox heritage come from, where uh, essentially the bloodlines of Chatterbox come from. Much of it points directly back to Friday night high school football. Um, we have obviously uh, grown over the years. We've had to make decisions on where we spend our time, effort, and energy on. And the truth is, is we only have so many employees, full-time employees at this company. Um, the chances of us doing what we used to do in the past, of doing eight, nine, ten games on a Friday night, um, quite frankly, were unrealistic. They are unrealistic. We, and, and this isn't like, oh, you know, I'm not kidding you when I tell you this. Two years ago during COVID, me, Reed, and Sean... And Elliot. Um, Elliot was, was, was long forgotten. I forget that Elliot was a part of Elliot. I was Elliot, there. Elliot, Elliot. I was there. <laughs> you, tried to dis you tried to discredit me. I was there. I was a part of the 2020 season. We had so many people. We had so many people working for us. Which brings me back to my point. These days on Friday nights, we took great pride in them. But when I tell you they were – Reed, we're being honest here. This isn't a bit. We, we started our mornings off probably around 7 a.m., right? Mm -hmm. We would go around to every high school. We'd set up the broadcasts. We'd have to set them up because guys like Elliot, who we loved and endeared and we appreciated, we didn't want them to have to have the burden of having to set it all up. So guys like Elliot at the time would go out and they would help us cover these games. And when we were managing every bit of probably, what, 40, 45 independent contractors. Yeah, yeah. Um, Freelancers. Elliot was a part of those uh, freelancers, independent contractors. And when I tell you our night would not end until probably one in the morning, it would end at one in the morning. And that was, in essence, hell on earth, if we're being completely honest, when you peel back the onion of what, what it was and what we got out of it and the realistic nature of us being able to sustain that. Did we want to get out of high school sports? No, we don't want to get out of high school sports. But some of the variables that came about 
it required us to try to make it to, to make a, a really unfortunate decision, which was what is it that we need to do at Chatterbox to make this a, a viable organization and company? So we had to scale back our coverage of Friday Night Football. We're still going to cover Friday Night Football, um, but nowhere near the the amount that we had done in the past because, quite frankly, it was unrealistic to sustain. And when you look at it from a financial standpoint, asking our guys to put that many hours into something that doesn't yield really a whole lot uh, financially in return, it just wasn't going to be able to be something that was was sustainable. Now, having said that, we put a lot of time, effort, and energy into shows that are coming up. You have Chatterbox Bengals, which is later tonight. You also have Chatterbox Reds. You have this show. You're going to have more shows that are that are right around the corner. I think next week we're going to we're going to announce the the addition of a couple more shows. Maybe for those that love high school sports, maybe I could I can see a a timetable as to where if we get our feet underneath this, kind of the walk before you before you run model. If we start to feel like these shows are relatively straightforward, we're able to kind of produce them at a relatively high level, which I would argue we're not doing now um, significantly. But let's just say we feel like we got it. Maybe we do go back to doing four, five, six Friday night football games again next year, next year, if we're capable and we feel like we have that underneath our, our, our belt. But I don't know if that's the, I, I just don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. But it has nothing to do with the fact that we don't want you know, to be a part of high school sports. There's, there's, that's a huge onion that I don't feel like peeling back today. Um, I don't want it to sound like we're pessimistic about high school sports. I don't want it to sound like we didn't enjoy our time with high school sports. We loved our time with high school sports. In fact, I would argue we still would want to be a part of high school sports if high school sports was, wasn't as, um, at least in my opinion, as bureaucratic um, at the top of the food chain as it is. And that's unfortunate because Again, I don't really want to turn something that we love and endear into something sour, but bureaucracy runs deep when it comes to uh, big organizations, and that's what high school sports is. It's yeah. a big organization. The original question was, do you want to do a pick So here we go. Pickering, pick, Pickerington North at Elder. What are we doing? Why are we talking Pickerington North versus Elder? I just want they to ask. They got to be two Cincinnati I, schools. I'd like to ask. They got to be from this area. There's not a more Cincinnati school than Elder High School. Yeah, Pickerington pick, pick, pick 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 North at Elder. I mean, what are we doing? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Elder. We're not. I got, I got. Let's get real games here. Trace Cincinnati schools. <laughs> Trace. I got, I got real games here. We're not doing. Pickering what do we do? What do you mean we're not doing? <laughs> we're doing. What do you mean we got North? We got twelve thousand people at the pit tonight, and you're talking real? that there's no one caring about that game? Yeah, pick twelve thousand strong. Let's oh, pick into North's mascot. Who cares? Right. If you Who can't, cares? if you can't name, I their couldn't mascot. name half these mascots. All right, let's get Chi Town before we, before we do that. Chi Town Real Estate coming in with another super chat. Says, have you guys thought of using what Opus Clips? Opus Clips to take entire podcast into short clips. Expand, fellas. Listen, when I tell you we are an unbelievably small company, I mean that sincerely. We we right now have. Um, have expanded the bandwidth as much as one possibly can with the amount of people we have in the building. There's going to be, and when I say a breaking point, I don't mean, it's not a, it's not a negative thing. It's actually very positive. There's a breaking point of what we decide to do with this company. Do I, and I say I as in us at Chatterbox, do we decide that we need to take on venture capitalism and actually just go, go for it? Because that would ultimately, I think we have talented people. I think we know what we're doing. Do we want to take on millions of dollars and be able to get 
as many resources and as many possible people possible on this ship that is Chatterbox and take and take our productions and take what we do already to the next level. Problem with that is you take on venture capitalism, the dynamics of an office, the dynamics of a of a of a building plan change significantly, right? It, I'm, I'm no stranger to what Barstool Sports has done. I've paid attention to what they do. Is it possible to go the, the, the way that they went? It, it may be possible. There's a huge success there. But they were 10 years in Boston before they got to that point. We've been doing this for three years. So sometimes I got I harken back and I say, you know what? Let's, let's relax a little bit. Let's make sure that we, we, we stay true to ourselves and what we want to be instead of just chasing some big conglomerate organization that many people think that we want to be. I don't know if we want to be that. We might just want to be a small business for the rest of our lives in Cincinnati. That might be what we. That might be what makes us the most happy. I don't know. Um, but as far as the the question about the clips, I know this sounds crazy, but I I'm going to say this out loud. Right now, if you're interested in being a part of an organization that I think is intelligent, that I think is on a very high trajectory then the best chance you have is right now to send us an email and say, hey, I want to be a part of this. I'm willing to help. How much money we have right now to pay people? I'll be honest. It's not a ton. However, you can get your foot in the door. You can help us grow. I think this is a rocket ship. I know it's ours. I know I'm biased, but I think this is a rocket ship. I think it's a rocket ship. It's just starting to take off. I don't even know if it's taking off, to be honest with you. I know Tom's a big part of this. I know people love Tom. But I'm telling you, Chatterbox Sports can be much larger than just off the bench. It can be much larger than just Chatterbox Reds, than just Chatterbox Bengals. It can be the sole place that you want to come to for Cincinnati sports content. Because I think we have enough talented people in this area, in this region, in this organization already to be able to be that. And some maybe say that we're already there. I don't think that's the case at all. But I look around at the landscape and I'm telling you, if you think you can help us, if you think you can help us, we are sponges. People send us messages all the time. You think I'm crazy. I'm not. We get a, we get a Twitter DM saying, hey, I think I can help with your socials. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's see, let's see if you can help us. Now, obviously we do a little vetting. I don't want to make it sound like we just let anybody come in here. But once you hire Elliot, then everybody thinks that and they might be right. <laughs> hmm. What do you Ooh, think, Elliot? That's a nice jab there. Nice jab. No, I didn't like that, but okay, here we go. Let's hire somebody. Let's hire any scrub, any bum, uh, right off the street. I'd argue I had a, I had a decent job before, uh, credibility-wise, obviously not pay-wise. Shout out. I won't shout him out. But I, didn't, I wasn't paid very high, if I'm going to be honest. I'm, pay, I'm getting paid more now. Nobody in this industry gets paid high. That's true. No, that's, that's true. true. It's, it's like the one percenters, The Colin Cowherds of the world... They, 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 they make everybody think that, uh, that it's such a glorious thing. However, I will say, and that's not that it's not glorious, but you know what it reminds me of to, to make this go full circle and we'll yeah. get back on track? Yeah. It reminds me of a guy like Tiger Woods. Makes the game of golf look really, 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 really easy. Might, might venture say it makes you think that you can win the Masters. And the truth is, that's okay. just not true. All right, go All back right. over to you. So guys. we're gonna go back to the we're gonna go back to the sports. I'm I'm gonna keep track of it on my computer right now. Okay. Gonna, well, how many games are we gonna do? Wanna do wanna do seven? I'll just throw them out. Let's do just... seven. Let's pick seven games. Mm. Elder versus pick pick whatever. I don't even know their name. No 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 no. We're not doing elder. If you're not gonna count a game in Cincinnati, then what are we doing? Then you, you, they gotta all. be two Cincinnati teams. Hamilton's not Cincinnati either. So. They gotta be two Southwest Region teams. I don't know what we're talking about here. All right. All, all right. right. You, you want you want game number one? Yeah, read again. John Kitna's debut as the head coach of the Ooh. Lakota East Thunderhawks versus Kirk Herbstreet's 
uh, alma mater, the Centerville Elks. You taking Ooh. Lakota East or Centerville? Lakota East. You're taking the Thunderhawks. They've got a great quarterback, Kitna's son. Give me Lakota East in that one. I'll tell you this right now. I've seen East play last year. They were not very good. Uh, they were not very good. And I, uh, they were not very good. Um, they were not very good. So I'm going to go with Centerville. <laughs> All right. Casey? Yeah, I'm taking Centerville. They were not good last year. Okay. All right. Next game? Next game, we're going to go Coleraine at LaSalle. It is at Lancer Stadium. It is to Cincinnati. LaSalle's West. not even Division One. What are we doing? Uh, if, Keep it if, going. Don't if you, listen to if, this. I mean, if we're not going to do Division Ones, you're going to hate this list of teams. Yeah, no, here. I, no wonder. I, the, the biggest, at the biggest name you, you just laughed at. It's a Friday night at the pit, and we're just passing it on. Go ahead. What's this? Colrain versus LaSalle. I'll take, I'll take the competent school in Colrain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a bad pick. Give me the Lancers. I'll take LaSalle. Yeah. LaSalle. Colrain is not what they used to be. It's fine. At least they're Division One. Casey? Uh... I guess I'll take LaSalle. Okay. Trace took LaSalle too? Yes. Great. Another big, big, big game between the G-Walk and the GMC. We got Fairfield traveling up I-75 to play GMC. Wayne. So we got Fairfield at Wayne. Fairfield at Wayne. That's a game more relevant than Elder. Fairfield at Wayne. You look at me in the eyes and tell me Fairfield Wayne is more relevant than Elder. Pickerington Central is not from Cincinnati. I don't know what you're not getting about the, the competency. Where is Wayne? Wayne's uh, Southwest Ohio. My, uh, my apologies. Wayne's from Dayton. Let, let's do this. Like, can I make amends here? This is the no. this is the this no, is the can't. this is the leader of the Where show coming Wayne? in. I mean, this just... is the leader of the show coming in. Wayne is in Dayton. Okay, it's where Braxton Miller. It, it, it's where Braxton Miller played. They're uh, really good. Huber Heights is actually the name where they're from. Huber How Heights. Played Elder. However, let's do this. Let's pick. <laughs> I mean, let's pick Elder. Pick Central. Just to move on. We'll make amends. Thank you. Go ahead, Elliot. Who do you got? Elder or Pick Central? I'm Let me take, guess. I'm going to take Elder. What's Pickerington Central's mascot? I, nobody knows. I pick its team. Elder. Good. I'll take uh, Pickerington. <laughs> troll. Yeah, I'm picking Pickerington as well. You're a troll too. All right. Go ahead. Next game. Great. Oh, Elliot, you're going to love this one. You ready for this? Sure. You ready for this? Sure. Hamilton Ross versus... Wyoming. Excuse me? Wyoming versus Ross. Uh, I'll take Everett School Ross. Okay. I mean, Elliot's, Elliot's kidding. <laughs> no offense. No offense to the Rams. But Wyoming oh, hasn't boy. lost a game in the regular season since 2016. Get me the Wyoming That's Cowboys. Yeah. I'll, Wyoming. Take, <laughs> I'll take Wyoming. Yep, Wyoming. All right. Keep it going. All right. The next one. We got did one. Everybody, did everybody else take Wyoming there? Yes. Yeah. How many games are we at? Four. We're, we're, we're going to do – gonna let's do five. So we need one more? One more. All right, Hamilton-Baden. Most important game in Southwest Ohio. Where'd you go to school, Reed? I went to Baden. I'll take Hamilton. Okay. Trace? <laughs> oh, I'm taking the big blue. Casey? Reed, you're going to have to remind me uh, – how, how good was Baden last year? Baden has not lost a regular season game in three years since 2019. Are they Division we, One? Weeks they're they're Division Three. Hamilton's Division One. And I, I don't think I don't think Hamilton uh, did that great last year, did they? Hamilton went two and eight. Yeah. Three and three and I, seven. Three and I, seven. I think I gotta take Baden. I think I gotta take Baden. This is where Elliot Elliot's point. 
These it guys was, don't know. There's a big difference between Division One and Division Three, isn't there, Elliot? There is large difference. <laughs> it has nothing to do with attendance. It's only about it's only about the play on the field, and that's why we're ta- that's why we're riding with Hamilton. It, it was so funny. I did the the coaches shows on Monday, and both uh, Coach Yorty and Coach uh, Crouch, the head coaches from Baden and Hamilton, they were they were sparring with each other through jabs, subtle jabs. And Yorty went first. He's like, "Well, we're just a measly D three team. Like we can't we can't compete against this Division One school." And RV Crouch gets up there and he's like well you guys are the butler county all-stars because baden pulls kids from everywhere in butler county gives kids <laughs> yeah. scholarships and stuff like that it's gonna be a great game it's gonna be packed but i think the baden rams and you're on the call right i am on the call i have to if i have to pick hopefully no one hopefully it's i, I do my best to be unbiased here but uh, i think the baden rams are gonna win so they got a broadcaster pulling for one team interesting yep that's interesting but have fun watching it i'm sure it'll be a, a unbiased coverage it's GCL versus All right, GMC. So, Time out. You picked a you picked a GMC school over a GCL school. Yeah, well, LaSalle's not really GCL. Um, no, I was talking Baden. Oh, that's that's really not GCL. Mm. Uh, mm. The uh, so the winner of this they should get five dollars. Okay. And, and loser gets fired. Oh, <laughs> oh. Elliot. Elliot, 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 Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> You made like three, I mean, on the three easiest picks we gave you, you made the wrong way. This isn't college football, brother. I mean, this, anything can happen. Any given, any given Friday. Any given Friday. Elliot. Elliot. Elliot, <laughs> please say that the loser doesn't get fired. I just need you to say that. Okay. Loser has to put $5 into a pot, and then at the end, whoever wins the most, they get the pot. Okay. 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 That's better. All right. How many more games we got here? That's, that that's was it. it. That was it. Okay. That's it. Five. All right. Because that segment was going to get real bad real soon. Yeah. I mean, we were already at the end of the line of that segment, so we were there. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad to see that you made it really high stakes really fast. We had to talk you down off that ledge because uh, at this point, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Uh, as much as we give you grief, Elliot, I, I don't want to have to fire you because I mean okay. that's what that that's where we were headed. That's that's where we were headed. I listened to a few of your picks over there. You know, we'll see how it all goes, but you're going to be about three games back right off the rip. It's hard to gain ground. I've done this long enough. It's hard to gain ground in high school football. There's not that many games where it could go one way or the other. You said this isn't college football any given Friday. It's not any given Friday. Any I've given seen Friday. enough high school football. Maybe the kid got Listen, grounded this weekend. No, nope, no. Nope, that's not how it grounded. works. Listen, I mean, if you want to cut to the chase, Lakota West, uh, Elder. Oh, we forgot the Lakota West Saint X. <laughs> Lakota West Saint X game should have been picked. Lakota West Saint X. No, I don't give them any anymore. Right? Okay. All right. Well, well, one of those teams will win. But my point is, like is that or Moeller, one of those four teams will win the region. They'll go on. They'll play for the state championship, and that'll be that. That's 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 the parody that is high school football. There isn't any parody in high school football. Um, not sad, but that's the truth. All right. Got some got some X slander on here. It's it's going great. Chat's doing great. All right, I'm doing chat power rankings. Um, not not right this second, of course, because we're not at the end of the show. But I got to tell you, there's some people that, that are in the chat that might be surprised to be a part of the chat power rankings. Because unlike these fools, I spent hours on this. I spent days thinking about it. I was, le- I was notified I was doing chat power rankings on Wednesday, and I thought, you know what? All week, that's been top of mind. Who deserves to be in the top five of the chat power rankings? Uh, we did go to Kings Island yesterday. We did play golf. It was actually a nice little day off. Hopefully the guys enjoyed it. But, you know, today, not, not, not the case. We've got a lot of things going on. Still not sure if we figured out how we're going to do it all. But I've got a plan. We're going to figure it all. We Reed says plan. he has a plan. We've got a lot going on after this show.
All right. Um, as always, as a reminder, I'll tell you what. I don't do this enough on this show. We need likes on the show. We need likes. I know Chatterbox Reds, that's like one of the main shticks that I do. Um, so I don't want to redo the shtick here. But if you don't mind, please like the show. If you watch this show back after the fact, let's like the show. I'd like to get, and again, not saying this is everything around here, but I'd like to get where we get a thousand views at least every every off the bench. We put a lot of time, effort, and energy into this show. I'd like to make it to where it's worth it for all of you. We can continue to, to put resources into the show. And as stupid as this sounds, as stupid as this sounds, liking the show is a part of helping us grow the show. And if we help grow the show, we can put money, more money towards the show. You put more money towards the show. Usually the show gets better. Usually. If we get to 100 likes today. Oh, here we go. He's going to do something. If we get to 100 likes today, I will take another pie to the face. Somebody can pie me. It'll probably have to be Trace. Reed breaks noses. So I will take another pie to my face if you if we get to 100 likes on this stream. Hmm. Will you shave the soul patch? Never. Soul patch days. Probably until this weekend. It'll probably be gone this weekend. Why? Well, hmm. Got a date? <laughs> I mean. Got a date? Can we please be serious? Oh, no. Do you want to talk about your date, Elliot? This is a, this is, I mean, no, this is, you guys are so terrible. Yesterday at Kings Island was good though. So we, we started going on the rides. We, there was no lines. I have never experienced this. We got to Kings Island yesterday. The sun wasn't shining. It was a cloudy, cool day. We got into the lines. You literally walked on every single ride. We walked, we, we, we rode 15 rides in two hours. That's how phenomenal it was at Kings Island yesterday. Uh, I was a little scared of Orion. Orion's tagline uh, it's called Orion because you can reach for the scars. Uh, it was a great ride. I was scared initially, but I loved it at the end. So it was it was a great time at Kings Island. You know, I didn't tell this on the, on the uh, the story the other day uh, about how I kind of got to where I loved roller coasters as well. It's similar to your story. I wonder if that's the the sentiment of many people's story when it comes to roller coasters. I don't know if roller coasters are something that many people jump on for joy the very first time. But I remember uh, my stepdad purchased a season pass. This isn't my decision, of course. I was like 10, maybe 11 years old. I don't remember how old I was. But I was, you know, of, of that relative age. And at the time, the Vortex was there. And I remember they bought a season pass for the whole family. He did. And I was like, no, I don't want to ride the rides. I want to go back to whatever it was at that point. I think it was like Nickelodeon. If, no free ads on the show, but I'm pretty sure it was like Nickelodeon land or whatever. Yeah. And whatever. It was kind of mm -hmm. neat or cool for little kids. And I, you know, my stepdad's like, hey, we're going to go ride the Vortex. You're coming on. I'm like, no, I'm not. Well, I proceed then to basically start crying. I'm hiding in clothes racks in this store. I'm doing whatever I can to get out of the vision of my stepdad because at this point he's furious. He just probably spent $500 or whatever it was on family passes for this year and then also the next year. He, you know, the last thing you want to do is have to bring your 10, 11 year old son who can ride all of the rides and he just wants to hang out in kitty land. So, and I tell you, I got literally dragged on the vortex. I legitimately got dragged on the vortex. I was, I remember like almost like it was yesterday. That's how almost tra traumatizing is the word to use. That's how traumatizing it was. I I was crying all the way into the whole like little tunnel thing, the, the portal where you get onto the thing. I get onto the ride. I get halfway up the hill. I remember being as scared as one could possibly be. And I look over. My stepdad's legitimately just laughing in my face. Legitimately just laughing. 
And he goes, this one-liner, I'll never forget it. He drops the one-liner on me. He goes, well, there's no turning back now. <laughs> and I, and I, I legitimately got off that ride, and it was awesome. It was awesome. Went five minutes later, went straight to the, the flight of fear, and I was, I don't say hooked. I'm not, a, uh, Elliot said yesterday that I was a different guy. I'll let him expand on that maybe. I don't know what that even means. But at the end of it, I was a ride guy ever since. I like, I like roller coasters. I think they're enjoyable. They're fun. Do I think that there's a chance you could die on them? Of course I do. But that's part of the fun. Yeah, so there's, there are two people I know who are just vastly different in different atmospheres. Uh, a former guy who worked here, he quit on us and he quit on the team. His name's Paul. He was a different guy if you got him to the casino. He became a full clown. He would laugh at people who were losing hands. He'd talk to everybody. He'd, he's talking to the dealers. He's making jokes. Completely different. Trace got to Kings Island yesterday, and Trace usually comes in here. He usually doesn't smile a whole lot. He's very down. He's very, you know, he's very serious. He's a very serious guy. He likes to have meetings, which really don't, which really don't, uh, I, I don't like them at all. But he likes to have these little meetings with people and scare people. And that's just Trace. That's just Trace. We get to Kings Island yesterday. He was walking 50 miles, 50 miles an hour to each ride. He was like, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this. Are you having fun? Don't look down. Don't look down. But you got to look down. He just became a different beast when we got to Kings Island, pun intended, because they have the beast. Do you get it? Do you get it? Nice. Nice. But Trace, yeah, Trace was just a fun little little child when he got to Kings Island yesterday. It was, it was a, there was a glow. There was, it was the happiest I've glowing. ever seen. It was the happiest I've ever seen Trace Fowler. Trace at Kings Island, Paul at the casino, Elliot on dates. Different people. Hmm. <laughs> no comment. Sports talk. Sports talk. Give me a sport and I'll talk about it. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. there's, what do you want me to do, we guy? There's no talk. football. Yeah, there is. The Bengals, Bengals played tonight. Bengals. Bengals. That's we right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Also, I forgot. The Bengals play the Falcons tonight. And it means nothing. Act like it's not a big deal. It, it's not a big oh, deal, see, Casey. Not a big deal. It, it is not a big deal, deal Chatterbox Casey. Bengals is launching tonight after the game. Okay. It's only a big deal because Chatterbox Bengals is launching tonight after the game. Outside of that, it's not a big deal. Casey, tell me why I'm wrong. Our audience that tell me why I'm Bengals. wrong, Casey. Tell me why I'm wrong. Because most of our audience is either Reds fans or Bengals fans. They're either going to want to hear Reds or they're going to want to hear Bengals. That's Bengals the season hasn't started reason. yet. The Bengals season hasn't started yet. Yes, it has. It's preseason time. The Bengals season hasn't Football's started. Football's here. It's here. It's almost Gosh, here. dang it. It's here. Let's talk about it. All right. The Casey, Bengals season has not started yet, but the uh, Red season has ended. No, let's go to Casey. Oh, Casey wants to talk Bengals. Casey, give me one takeaway you've had from the Bengals preseason so far. Their secondary is great. I don't okay. think anyone should be worried about their uh, secondary at all. And we actually have a caller uh, just popped in, so let me Love get that, that set up. You have to get your headphones Love that. on. I guess, I guess, yeah, you guys are going to force me to put my headphones on now that, that, that you told me not to wear. <laughs> I'm not complaining about it being too loud. All right, we got a caller? Yeah, hang on, hang on. This is going to be really risky here. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a huge opportunity. This is going to be either a great question or this is going to be some bit. Go ahead, Trace. All right. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? I think that's what you're supposed to do. Hello? In order to talk into the phone, uh, usually you put your ear on the top of it, talk to the bottom. Oh, hang on, hang on. Wait uh -oh. a second. Uh-oh, is this a uh, producer you know thing? What? Yeah, it is a producer thing. Oh, no. I messed up. I'm oh, sorry, no. I, I forgot I unplugged the, the roadcaster. Oh, no. Oh, hang on, I messed up. Well, 
Casey's going to try to figure this all out. And in the meantime, I'm going to sit here and buy some time because that's just what you do. You try to help you try to help out a producer. And now we got lovely hold music that's coming through. I like that. Casey Casey wanted to talk Bengals and and instead he's over here just just running around like a, a, a what would they call those? A chicken with their head cut off, I think is the term to use. I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore cuz Peter might come after you. Would Peter come after you if you say that or not? Yeah, I every, mean I already yeah. talked about every my, phrase my, of the animals. Cow, so. Hmm. Well, anyways, Casey's over there with his chicken with his head cut off type situation. If you've never seen a chicken with his head cut off, um, well, you can google it, I guess, and you figure out what that term it's even means. It's fixed now. All right, it's fixed. Are they still there? No. No, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Great show. Fantastic show. This is why this is why you tune into this show, for being completely honest. That that that's why you should watch this show. <laughs> I mean, there was no chance they'd still be here. Oh, Zero man. chance. Oh. Wait, was it a butt dial? Um it could uh, have been a butt, butt dial. Butt dial yeah, 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 Casey. Who's gonna butt dial that, Casey? <laughs> no, what are you dude, talking about? What said butt dial? What are we talking about? Oh, Casey actually had the audacity to say Oh, was it a butt dial? You got to literally punch in like Morris code to get in to talk on the phone with us. At this point, I was wondering the other day, should we come up with a better call system? We probably should. Do we have time to come up with that? I don't know. We, we're running around. We got nine different places we got to be tonight. Casey's running the show. Then on sun, Saturday and Sunday, we got Chatterbox Reds. Then after that, we got to be able to figure out this new podcast, this new show we're doing. And then, oh, by the way, we got to still run this show. And Tom's obviously not here. Shout out to Tom. Hopefully Tom is feeling better. <laughs> I did I did see Tom sent me a message. He, the steroids are helping a little bit. He's they're they're helping a little bit. He, he doesn't know if they're helping as much as he was hoping for. We'll keep you in line. We'll keep you up to date on that situation. But shout out to Tom. We miss him. We hope he comes back relatively soon. I hope he comes back because ultimately right now there's a billion things going on. But you know what? I'm here. I'm, and I like doing the show. I like to chat. Which is why I'm doing the chat power rankings. Casey, do we have any more callers? Because if not, we're going to do the chat power rankings. And we're going to end the show with the cherry on top. Uh, Elliot's got to prepare for his date tonight. Uh, and we, we also doing? have to we, we, we also have to make sure that we have everything in place for tonight. Because there is literally 9 million things going on. So, Casey, no callers, correct? No, no callers. All right. We're done with okay. that. Okay. No callers. <laughs> Casey no callers. said someone slipped their phone in their pocket and their butt hit 605-43421. Access well, code 3678, pound key 724. Whoopsie. <laughs> they could have had it pre-dialed. They were going to call. They were too scared to call. So then they just put it back in their pocket and it started to dial. It hit send and... Somehow they managed to uh, hit the, the pound sign afterwards. Love that. Know. RM says the show needs Tom. I, I, I do agree with him. I think the show does need Tom. It is off the bench with Tom Brenneman. It's a good point by RM. I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a very wise take that he has. Uh, that's why we hope Tom comes back. If you like this show, like I said before, if you think that this is fun, there's a small chance that there's enough people that like this show that maybe we start doing a different show when Tom comes back because ultimately the show that I'm going to do and the show that uh, that, that, that ultimately Tom was, will do is, is probably a little bit different. However, I got to be honest with you, RM. I got to be honest with you. The Reds didn't play yesterday. The Bengals are playing a meaningless preseason game. Not meaningless. 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 It is not meaningless. There's like a dozen guys that are trying to become millionaires. <laughs> meaningless. Meaningless. It, meaningless. it means nothing. In, in, in December, in, in, in December and February, let me tell you. And I, I didn't mean to miss January. My, my birthday's in January, so shout out January. But December, January, and February, let me tell you something. August 
18th, 2023 is going to be nothing. You're not even ever going to remember. You know why? Why aren't they playing anybody tonight, Trace? Why is nobody that means anything playing tonight? Well, because probably all of these executives realize that August 18th, 2023 means nothing in the grand scheme of things in the season. That's that. You like sports talk? I love sports talk. I love sports. I'm here to tell you, as an athlete myself, you aren't doing nothing. If you are somebody of relevance tonight at, where are they playing? Paycor or Atlanta? I think they're, they're, playing, Atlanta. they're playing down at the Peach Pit or whatever. Oh, they're playing down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium tonight. Let me tell you something. I'm, Chick-fil-A I'm, stand will be open tonight. I'm, I'm, yeah, it will be open tonight. Chick-fil-A, that's how meaningful this game is. They're playing in Mercedes-Benz Stadium for an NFL game, and Chick-fil-A is open. <laughs> that's good. It's good news. It means nothing. All right? If you want to convince yourself it means something, by all means, convince yourself. I'm telling you, it means nothing. But what you can do is you can <laughs> tune in to Chatterbox Bengals tonight because that does mean something. Okay? That does mean something. Oh, does it? I thought that game didn't yeah, mean you're anything. Why would anyone tune into that? No, 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 no. no. If you guys could, Why is anyone going to no, watch No, 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 no. <laughs> if you guys nothing. could actually run a show, you're not going to sit there the whole time and talk about that specific game. You'll talk about the season as a whole, what to expect, what to look for, who's important, who's not important. You're not going to be breaking down film for the fourth quarter of some nonsense game that means nothing in Mercedes-Benz Stadium tonight. The best thing that can happen for the Bengals tonight, this is the very best thing, is that nobody gets hurt. That's like that's what you take away. We we survived this preseason game where none of our good players got hurt. That's what preseason football is. I'm not I'm not disagreeing. Welcome to the preseason. Not, Let's pray you don't get hurt. I don't disagree with that, but to say to sit here and say that you can't sit and watch a preseason game and take away whether or not a player that is on the fringe of making the roster, a player that could potentially get starting time, that plays poorly out there. Like, well, there is meaningful things to watch in that said game. There's a reason why you should go watch Chatterbox Bengals because this game does matter. And there's going to be conversations in there that you're going to want to hear. And later on next week, you're going to want to tune in for our other shows that are going to talk about the preseason game and break down shit for you. So, it's not meaningless. Let's not sit here and act like and not talk about a game that's going to happen on Friday. That's a Cincinnati game. It is not meaningless. We are going to talk about it's it. It's more meaningful than FC Cincinnati. I'll give you that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm done. I'm just going to gonna mute my mic. And you I'd all can watch. just enjoy the rest of your show. Just enjoy watch. the rest of your guys. <laughs> I'd rather watch the, the Bengals preseason than whoever FC Cincinnati's taking on today. I'm, I'm very sorry. He's gonna he's gonna tune into the the Bengals game when it's about seven nothing Blue Jays tonight, and he can just watch <laughs> he can watch the Bengals from then on out. I'll be working, unfortunately. I mean, hey, listen. The truth is, is there's some people that love football so much like Casey and like people that will watch the Chatterbox Bengals show tonight that love football so much that these games actually mean something to them because they know the players that are that are they're on the cut line they know the the fifth and sixth string corners they know the fifth and sixth string safeties and they want to know who it is on those those rosters that might end up being here or not I gotta be honest I know we run a sports media company I understand that we obviously want as many people to watch Chatterbox Bengals tonight but I'm not I'm not, or I don't expect anyone else in here to want to lie and slander people and what their own belief system is. Does it mean that my opinion is, is, is superior and that everyone else should believe what I believe? No. But to sit here and, 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 and 
and it, and it almost reminds me of like um I don't think I have a great analogy right now, but I, I you know the you know the folks that when you ask them what time it is, they want to tell you how to build a watch. The people that watch preseason football games from start to finish and know every player on the roster are the kind of guys that love watches so much they can tell you how the whole thing's built. There's a vast majority of people that just want to know what time it is, is all I'm saying. I'd agree. And there's a difference between those two people. Doesn't make one right or wrong. It's just a, it's just a difference of opinion. So we'll see how it all goes. Uh, I guess, to be, to be fair to Casey, maybe these games aren't meaningless to some. They're just meaningless to most. You literally sit up there and you say, this is a Cincinnati sports-based company. It is! And you're not even going to talk about half of the professional sports teams that are going on right now? Come on. Come on. Yes, it's not important for the, the majority of people, I guess. But there is stuff to talk about. It's not like we have to completely avoid the subject like we did for the entire the entirety of the show. Like. That's all I'm trying to say. Immaculate grid time. Immaculate grid time. Okay, let's do an immaculate grid. I heard, <laughs> I heard, I heard that the Reds. I heard the Reds are on the list today, which gives me a chance. I'm terrible at these. I'm terrible at these. Now I do, from time to time, pull out a name off the top of my head that's ridiculous because I played King Griffey Jr. baseball on Nintendo 64. Shout out Nintendo 64, great console. I did play that game at length. Those were back in the days before you could even fast forward through the seasons. You had to actually, you know, you had to actually play every game if you played a season. And you 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 remember <laughs> obscure names from King Griffey Jr. baseball. I call doing the sixty four. Can I can I get a Reds national one? You get I, Reds it's, national. It's a, I, I want Reds Brewer. Okay. Casey Reds? for Reds Brewer, we're gonna go Chris Dickerson. Ooh, over Todd Coffee? Yes, Chris Dickerson. Hmm. This better not be more than 1%. 0.2, Trace. 0. Okay. 0. You ready good. for this, this red national? He was a first-round draft choice by the Cincinnati Reds. Drafted in between Lasting's Millage and Aaron Hill. Give me Ryan Wagner. Ryan Wagner. Yeah, I don't know who that person is. He was a pitcher. Do we have a year? Do we know? Yep, that's him. Ryan Wagner. Hmm. Didn't have a storied career. Not many do. 100 RBI season for the Reds. This is going to be a tricky one because we don't want it. We, we got to stay low on the grid here. Let's see. Evan, Evan Marr, get in here. Give me a 100 RBI red. I don't want to use Votto. Well, can't be Votto. It's got to be like, did, 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 this just sounds wild, but did, did Sin Shu Chu have a chance of getting 100 RBIs the year that he played out of uh, his mind? No. I don't think Not so. As, he was, or he was leadoff, wasn't he? What about Greg Vaughn? He was, but still, Greg he, was, Vaughn. he was elite. I'll look it up. Give Greg, me Greg Vaughn. Greg, Greg Vaughn, Vaughn definitely there. had a hundred RBI. Dude hit like fifty home runs, didn't he? What did we get? How many? Wow. Point seven. There we go. Greg Vaughn, by the way, uh, Marty Brenneman said that that might have been one of the best Reds seasons that he's ever seen broadcasting. So shout out to Greg Vaughn. He for only that. played one year for the Reds. I know, but he just said that. Yeah, that no, was, I know. It's crazy. It only takes one season to have the best. I know. I'm just saying. Red season. It's we remember that. Yeah, that uh, is true. This is where I stink at this whole thing because I just don't know anybody. 
I mean, we could go Daniel Murphy for Rockies Nationals. He could do Mets Nationals. And he could do the same one for there, too. Yeah, he's played for a lot of these teams. And do, do Daniel Murphy Rockies Nationals. I bet that's low. What is it, ben? Daniel? Murphy. Murphy. Yep. Daniel Murphy. Dan I E L. I know how to spell Daniel. I can't read it on the screen here. Daniel Murphy. Yep. Hmm. Never knew that guy played for the Rockies. And his career there. He's the, the source of my nightmares from the 2015 NLCS. Mm, there you go. Uh, we want a, we want a Rocky Brewer. Want a Rocky Brewer. Um, this is wild. Am I going to have to get the rest of these guys? I mean, I'm, I'm not good at this at all. I just know that a hundred RBI season for them, for the, for the Rockies is is what I've been thinking of. A hundred RBIs and, 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 and you would think in Coors Field would not be as difficult as others. But you can't go with Todd Helton. You got Dante Bichette. I'm Dante go- Bichette. I'm going Arenado. You think Arenado? I think Arenado's known. I know Dante, Arenado. Da- I'd rather go Dante Bichette. Shout out Dante Bichette. Hell, of a, hell of a player in the Dude, Nintendo 64 play, game. We're about to play Bo Bichette, so we got to put Dante Bichette up there. I, I would I would vote Dante Bichette. All right. But Great Dante. third Rockies, baseman. Rockies 100 RBI season, Dante Bichette. Dante? Yep. No. Mm. no. He played until like 2001, 88 to 2001. Yeah, that sounds about right. 9%. Okay. 9%. 9%. Arenado was 10%. Oh, so I was better. <clears throat> Funny how that works. Ooh, Mets 100 RBI season. One of my favorite catchers of all time, Gary Carter, Hall of Famer. Are you feeling like that's going to be high on the list there? Hall of Fame catcher? We can do it. It's yeah, going to be like 6%. Three, damn. You didn't know who Gary Carter was. Don't don't lie. I knew Gary Carter was. Uh, Mets, Mets Brewers. Daniel Vogelfat. <laughs> Vogelbach. Vogelbach. Did, sorry, Daniel Vogelbach. Did, did play for both those teams. Put Daniel Vogelfat for uh, uh, Vogelbach for Brewers versus Mets. <laughs> How do you spell Daniel again, Reed? Vogelbach. Yeah, Vogelbach. V O G. Yeah, I saw it. Boy. Great picture for Daniel. I don't think there's many good ones. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Reed? He's not he's he's not winning any beauty contest. Nationals Mets. Nationals Mets. Darren Ruff. I love that. That was shout out Zach Freeze. D A R I N. Zach Freeze. One more. Rough. Rough. Zach Freeze, also a member of Chatterbox in 2020. Yes, he was. Darren Ruff was wrong? Darren Ruff was wrong. Oh, no. Oh, no. So the whole thing's worthless now. No. Well. Shout out Zach for ruining the grid. All right, well, close it away. Close it away. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Shout out. Hey, go on Zach Freeze. It's Freezy27 on Twitter. Go berate him for ruining the day. Go ahead. 
Well, everything was going great until then. Or was it? I don't know if it was or wasn't. I know Casey was about to walk out of the studio about 15 minutes ago because he wanted to quit. Um, was really, really mad at the office. But you know what? Just like Paul. You know what? One thing you're not going to get here at Chatterbox Sports, at least while I'm around, is, uh, is people just lying to your face, telling you what they don't believe. That's why I've been working on this chat power ranking since Wednesday. And I think it's time to do the chat power rankings. Casey? Who's running singular? I'll, I'll run it. I'll run it. Hang on. Give me a second. Let me log in. Let me okay. log in. So, I don't know how you're doing it, but I think I had an honorable mention first. Uh, let me get there. You did have an honorable mention. Okay. I want you to put the honorable mention on the screen. Okay. Okay. It's loading. It's loading. I'm waiting. Everybody, no one I'm waiting. Out. All right. This person, okay, means means incredibly well. I think there's times where where this person, I'm waiting until this person gets up on the screen, and there we go. Evan Mount, honorable mention. Evan has been loyal to Chatterbox Reds. He's also been loyal to this show for quite some time. He is somebody that comes in with facts more times than uh, more times than just opinion. He is very, very well versed in his knowledge. He does not believe that the Reds should keep and hold Jonathan India. We all know that. However, more times than not, Evan does have a very insightful, quite relatively based opinion. So shout out to Evan. Didn't want to leave him off this list because like I said before, I think that there are times where Evan goes a little overboard. That's why he might not be in the top five. Goes a little overboard. Gets a little ahead of himself. There was a, you had a hilarious, he's a, he's a, he's data driven. You had a, you had a hilarious response to him. I forget what it was. He was, he was like debating like the XW Obicons of two players, one had a 230, whatever. And the other had like a 215, whatever. And Trace comes in and he's like, both of these are terrible. Do you have any good options? So that's, it was very funny. Go ahead. So yeah, I, he gave me a hypothetical that was like, these guys were hitting uh 210. They're slugging 230. And, um, you know, which guy would I go into a pinch hit situation with? I said, well, they're both terrible. I don't think it matters. I'd actually go and talk to my general manager right after the game if this was my options. So that's what I would have done. All right. Number five. Number five, Jolly Jolly. Okay. One, Jolly Jolly hasn't been included in many of these lists, if any, because they don't think that he's active enough on the chat. Active enough on the chat. Let me tell you something. Jolly Jolly did two things. One is his family heritage has given me plenty of footlongs in my life and root beers to keep it keep it clean Reed. this is a kid's show for god's sakes this is a kid's show all right geez a little wheeze jolly jolly appreciate you always being in the chat you know what else i do really appreciate about jolly jolly that many of you probably don't know when we first started chatterbox which was a while ago he sent me a really nice message uh, a dm and for those that don't know jolly jolly works with uh fox he's he's a he's a, he's a big timer i don't know how to say it. he's big time jolly jolly's big time and uh, he was very, very nice and kind to us when we weren't probably very good. We're still not very good, maybe. I don't know. But we try really hard. We try to make our things look very, very nice. And at the end of it, uh, he was very encouraging, said a lot of nice things about us. And, and, and again, I know that sounds goofy to say, but when you're first starting something, it's such a fragile time because you don't know if you're doing a great job. You don't know if you're doing a good job. But your family and your friends, they all tell you you're doing good, but you don't really know. But uh, we got a nice message from somebody that was really, really high up in the industry, and I always remember that. So, Jolly Jolly, I appreciate you. Thank you for being a part of the chat. I know you might not come in here enough, but you did do a super chat, and you know what? You told me that I needed to read the Georgia schedule. I will do that probably as soon as uh, we get close to the season because I don't know if you got truly what you wanted there. I know you wanted me to have to bear through all those terrible names and say it right to your face. So I'll do that. I will do that. Um, but, again, appreciate Jolly Jolly. 
And now the chat has gone off the rails because, yeah, Jolly's footlongs are great. Take it or leave it. All right, number four. Number four, Fred M. Now, here's the thing with Fred M. I actually think Fred M is pretty based in judgment. Now, he might not be in the chat a lot. I think Fred M has got some humor to him. Fred M also is the kind of guy, in my opinion, that, you know what? If I had to go get a beer with a guy, I think he'd be pretty funny. There's some humor there. I've seen some humor. It's not always there. Not always in the chat. Doesn't decide to use it always. But in general terms, Fred M deserves to be on the list. I also got to say, I also looked at the, the, the past previous lists when it comes to this. And, I, and, I, and, and you know what? Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should. Some people say, oh, that's like, that's a loser's mentality. That's participation trophy-esque. I wanted to make sure there was recognition to people that deserve to be recognized. And it wasn't just no offense to Mouse Cop and, you know, Everett. Those guys are great. But, I mean, they're on the list every single week. I mean, I guess if you win championships every year, they keep giving them to the same people if, you, or if you're worthy. But I want to make sure that there's some people that get, that get their proper respect. Fred M., shout out to you. Any, right. Anyone that keeps Mouse Cop off the, the rankings is fine by me, Trace. All right. Well, number three. Mr. Mo, Mr. Mo called into the show the other day. Thought Mr. Mo provided some good insight. Mr. Bo, Mr. Mo, don't know how long he's been a part of the chat, but he's been in the chat a decent amount lately. A decent amount, and I think Mr. Mo deserves to be on this list. Again, one through five, it's kind of semantics. If you're on the list, you're on the list. You know what I'm saying? You ever walked up to a VIP stage, or you got you had some tickets and will call, and you said, "Hey," they say, "What's your name?" and you give them your name and they give you the tickets, or they let you go by. It doesn't matter if you're the first person on the list or the, the, the last person on the list. You're on the list, baby. That's how this works with me. So shout out, Mr. Mo. Thank you for watching the show. Thank you for being loyal to the Chatterbox brand. Number two, Mark Fetters. There's not been a guy. I agree. There's not been a guy that's been more loyal to the show. I know his, I know his, I know his picture, his profile picture doesn't really vibe all that well with me, but I'll let it slide. Mark Fetters has been locked into Chatterbox Sports at least, at least within the last three and a half weeks. I don't know how long it's been, but Mark, Mark Fetters has come in hot right out the gate. This guy, this guy uses Twitter very, very well. Don't know how long he's known about Twitter. Don't know how long he's known about Chatterbox. But within the last three and a half weeks, he knows about Twitter and he knows about Chatterbox and he supports us. And I appreciate that, Mark. Thank you. Seriously. All right. Number one. Now, like I said, you're on the list. Some pe some people think number one is uh, is more important maybe than others. But David Brown, I'm telling you right now, David Brown knows his stuff, man. I, I don't always shout him out in the chat. I don't always shout him out Chatterbox Reds. I do see his comments. I think his comments are always very, very, very based. They're always really good. They come from a very, very intellectual brain, to be honest with you. Now, does David Brown ever so often disagree with my takes? Yes, he does. Does David Brown sometimes think differently than I do in regards to the way that Cincinnati Reds should go about their business? Maybe so. But I'll tell you, it's always coming from a good place. Some people get in the chat and they just say outlandish stuff. They want to argue about things. It's almost like they're trying to bait you into something. Some call it trolls. Uh, we don't have anybody here that does that. But my point is, is that he never does that. It's always like a genuine thought. David Brown, whether he's here or not, I don't know. doesn't matter to me. I know everybody always makes a big deal about that. David Brown should be in the chat, blah, blah, blah. If he's not in the chat, I don't give a damn. 
Because you know what? At some point, someone needs to tell him he's number one on the chat power rankings. On August 18th, in summer debating, they're doing it right now, down in the city of Cincinnati. There's rumblings. There's whispers. Is the chat power rankings more important than the game that's going to take place in Mercedes-Benz Stadium tonight? I don't know. It's neck and neck. We shall see. We shall see. No sir boy. No sir boy. I'll tell you why there's no sir boy. Because sir boy gets as much credit, rightfully so. That's why I was saying. Maybe my list, maybe my list, if we're being a little honest, is very much predicated off of the list before. Sir boy is one of the OGs of all OGs. Shout out sir boy too, by the way. Uh, prayers to your family. I seen that you were asking for prayers to your family. I won't get into it because I don't know if we should be displaying your personal kind of... Um, your, 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 your personal family things that are going on. But, but, uh, sir boy on Twitter was asking for prayers for his family. I really hope I genuinely mean this. I seen that I, I said a prayer for you. Um, I hope that, uh, I hope that all gets squared away. That's the cool thing about this. I know that many of you guys think that we probably are just like, uh, maybe you don't think this, but you probably think that we just like, whatever, we obviously aren't big time. Even if we got big time, I really think the personalities in this room would still be the same. I know people say that, oh, they changed when they got big. I don't, I don't think that'll ever happen. I think we're, 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 we're just normal guys that I guess you could say I was crazy enough to mortgage my financial uh, future and do a bunch of crazy stuff that most people wouldn't do to get us in the position we're in now. And I would also say that a bunch of guys in here decided to jump on that ship and just say, to see if it sinks or swims. And maybe some people wouldn't do that. But that's the only difference between us and probably many people that watch this show. That's it. I mean, we're a little crazier than you to maybe make a career path out of something that, 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 that many wouldn't. Um, I'm sure there's certain times when we're doing this job, we wish we were sitting behind the computer listening to Off the Bench and working, uh, I don't know, some finance job, getting a nice little check and knowing that when 5 o'clock hits, we're off work because that's just not what happens around here, especially not today. Mm -hmm. So... But again, I just want to say thank you to uh, to everybody that watches this show, man. Thank you to everybody that watches the show. And that's why I think this show is uh, not just this show. This company in general is fun. Uh, and I really appreciate you guys supporting us. And I know that we all want Tom back. I get that. I heard that. We know that. Um, but until Tom comes back, this is what you're stuck with. Take it or leave it. We hope you come back Monday because we'll be back Monday. At least I will. I know Elliot probably will. And I know Reed will. I'm worried about Casey. We're going to have to talk him back <laughs> off this bridge. We're going to have to talk him off this bridge. But until then, we'll find out. Casey may be here. He may not. Much love to you. We'll see you. That will be Monday from 10A to 12P.